Santa Maria, na escritório Fernandes Welcome to Thursday, Sound episode 183, and it's me, Gary P, and of course the prof, Carl Riley. First show of the year, Gar. Yeah, we've uh, we've gotten some of the bugs out of Zoom. Prof, your your uh, your thoughts on Zoom might have changed in the next week or so. After me working on vowing, after me vowing to never use Zoom again, we are actually Zooming. Although you sound better. Yeah. They're called earphones. Wonderful things. <laughs> if only we had tried them the last five times we did this. Yeah. Uh, of course, Silencer Credit and Ocean Electrical are, are fantastic sponsors again. And once we will meet up with them for negotiations, big ones, we're going to have to get the boardroom. Uh, we're going to have to have our legal representatives with us. We're going to have to get stuck in and see what they want, see if, they, see if we can get them on for another year. So, uh, yeah, so this week's show is dedicated to two men, Pico and Pajo. Roberto Lopez made his African Cup of Nations debut on Sunday. Well done to Pico. And today is Papalin's birthday. So we have another edition of the Tifties Hotline with a Pajo theme. So um, Pajo's big absence from Twitter has been duly noted. And it's it's very noticeable that is the, the lack of comedy and <laughs> is, is evident on Twitter. So we're trying to get him back. Yeah, the usual uh, five questions we put out to fans. And the fifth one is all about Pajo. So that's, that's the Pajo team there. But Garrett. Let's, let's start the show by addressing the most outrageous thing that's happened since we last spoke to our listeners. And no, I'm not talking about the alcohol price increase. Oh, that That is bad. <laughs> Even worse than that, Ethan Boyle has blocked us on Twitter for comparing Sean Boyd to a camel. Let me just repeat that in case you missed it, right? I'm just going to say it one more time, a bit slower. Ethan Boyle has blocked us on Twitter because we compared Sean Boyd to a camel. Right. Make it make sense. I had a couple of drinks, and I saw <laughs> he was in Egypt, and I was thinking, right, that's cool. Some cool photos. Fl- scrolling through, flick, flick, flick. And then I saw a camel, and I was like, that's Sean Boyd. <laughs> First thing that came into my head, I go, there's Sean Boyd getting up for a header. And he blocked us. <laughs> so we're not friends anymore. Well, what is this like? Sean Boyd liked it. Is this called like being a snowflake by proxy? Yeah, I don't know, man. But Sean Boyd liked it, so he knows he has a long neck. I just don't get this. You know, uh, unless he's heard the podcast. Just clear it up that Sean Boyd isn't a camel. Just a <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've complimented Boyle since he's played against us because he always turns into Cafu. Yeah, Cafu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I doubt he listens, to be honest. Now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, prof, we've a. Uh, uh, African Cup of Nations special. Um, are you are you watching any of it? Because uh, it kicked off on Sunday, and you posted a breakdown of where all the players and the squads play and their their club football abroad. Once again, I love these things. I love breakdowns like this, and um, France and England being the big ones, of course. But have you, have you watched this? Have you watched the Cup of Nations? Like it's only, insane. Only what's going Pico's on? See what, game, what, what I saw. Yeah, I saw a summary of what happened today. That. Leading mental referee. I'm a bit of time on my hands, so I'm watching it. But that, like, I was watching that with ourselves, and she was like, "Is he a fucking ref? Like, is he really a ref?" I was like, <laughs> "He's a ref. He's a ref. He looked bollocks. Like, he looked totally bollocks." We'll give a rundown. But he, some of the decisions, like, he blew the game up in the 85th minute, and then Tunisia were all like 
crazily angry and they were like look look at your watch look at your watch and then he brought it back and then he called it off in the 89th when there was definitely definitely loads of added on time because he sent the fella <laughs> off for nothing he sent them off for nothing it was a it was he barely even put his feet off the ground it wasn't studs up like it was insane I think insane my, i think my favorite part was that he uh he went to check i think it was the red card he went to check var for that he couldn't one. find the screen and he couldn't find even though he'd already checked it twice and knew where it was he couldn't find it the third time. Oh, and then, you could uh, just tell he was so nervous. Who was the team that that won Tunisia, was it? Uh, no, Gam- I think it was Gambia. Gambia won. Was it not Tunisia yeah, and Tunisia. Mali, no? Tunisia and Mali. Mali, yeah, they were got either way. Whoever but it was, the winning team is lost. They were, they were lost. ordered to uh, play the remaining minute. And the winning team were already doing their press conference. So they said no. Everything was done. They gave the man back. of the match and everything. Gave out man of the match and they were like, yeah, can you come back out and play the extra four minutes? Absolutely insane. I've never seen that in Liga. What you, you like, have to realise like my, well, uh, like, You like my breakdown anyway. Some spread yeah, around Europe, wasn't it? Like Ridiculous, yeah. A lot of lower league French teams. Um, I was looking, I was interested in the domestic leagues as well. A lot of domestic leagues. The likes of the, Comor- the Comoros Islands. And that was fascinating. A lot of home-based players, a lot of French-based players there. So the diaspora, they all have their kids in France. They would have moved to France, and obviously they have a, they have a connection there. So any, there's a lot of amateur footballers as well. It's, it's, a, it's some spread. Like One, one name uh, grabbed my attention. He plays for Sudan. Uh, and his first name is Captain. Captain. At first, I thought because I was reading the BBC website, and I thought, "Oh, they've they're indicating who which player is the captain." But no, that was his name, Captain Bashir. Captain Bashir. Oh man! And he only has one cap, so he's not even like a notable player. He's just like some nobody. Yeah, there's some good names already. But yeah, so we're wishing Pico all the best, and he doesn't look out of place at all. We'll talk about Pico. He's because he's writing a diary uh, for the Irish Independent and the Evening Herald. So he wrote about Cape Verde's chaotic preparations after a COVID outbreak in the training camp, and um, it's it's been insane for him. But what I I mentioned this, and it didn't really, not many people talked about it in our WhatsApp group. But I was talking about potentially Pico. He's he's playing well. He is, and he fits into this team. Like it's not crazy or beyond the realm of like imagination to think that he could get a move. And as fans, we're always going to discuss these types of things, and we know he's in contract. But it's very possible that a, like a continental club could come in, and from from a, a country with a decent, like a club with a decent pedigree, could come in and say, "Well, he didn't look out of place. We could put a bid in from our girlfriend when his contract runs out." No, he certainly does not look out of place. He had a very good game in the win over Ethiopia. It's, it's only his age is against him, isn't it? Like 29, 30, is he? So. Is, is it even though? I mean, for, for a fella like him, I don't think age can pro- probably come into it because he's he's one of these fellas that prides himself on his physical condition. So he, he would he would probably be removed from that bracket for me. And that's why I'm saying it in the first place because he would, he would really, really be always going to be in good nick. That's just the way it is. He's got good genes, I'd imagine, as well. So I think that type of thing comes into account as well. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully we hold on to him. But definitely, we're definitely all proud of him. He's playing really well. He had a great tackle as well. Did you see that one? Yeah, fifty-fifty. But uh, yeah, so we start with Cape Verde anyway, Prof. Um, a one-nil win over Ethiopia, and a man sent off in the first fifteen minutes of the game. I think you mentioned that this was a VAR decision, was it? 
Yeah, this was quite a uh, bizarre incident. Like uh, the ref gives a yellow. Was people were making comparisons to Pico's red against Bowes actually. The other way there was cover, but the yeah. ref gave Pico a red anyway. It was actually quite similar. There was cover, so probably wasn't a red. But he gives a yellow initially, and then a Cape Bird like buries the free kick into into the roof of the net. But then no one reacts because the referee is blowing his whistle. He runs over to check the screen for VAR. He spends an absolute age looking at this. <laughs> like I, I felt like about seven minutes. It was probably three. But it just felt like it was going on forever. And he comes back and then gives a red. Just quite a really strange few minutes. But uh, just some just some notes on uh, the game itself. Do you notice uh, Pigo? He has Pigo on the back of his Cape Verde jersey. But he wears this. Lopez on his Rovers jerseys. I think the Pigo thing only got picked up by the media. And I think the bookies ran with it as well. And a few other teams. But I think it's very, very cool. He said, it sounds quite Brazilian for me now, Pico. Yeah, that made me laugh that uh, if you were trying to bet on Paddy Power, first goal scorer, it's listing everybody's full names and then it just comes down Pico, 20 to or whatever it is. He's officially were. a footballer with one name now. He's made it. Yeah. The commentator kept calling him Pico, presumably because he was on the back of his jersey. Otherwise, I don't know if he would have known that's his nickname, but thankfully he didn't call him Ricardo anyway. Yeah, yeah, Ricardo Lopez. Yeah, I think we could have like done with the uh, uh, Joey and Doe on commentary for these Cameroon oh, games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, if we had any sort of RTE coverage, very possibly, but um, yeah, Joey and Doe would have been brilliant. What a dush! Yeah, I'm gonna be watching the, the tr- well, third game is on a Monday at four, so I might have to try and record that and then watch it when I get home. But yeah, I watched the first one. I was scanning the crowd to see if I could find Rob Tarmy with a rubber scarf gear. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> or with his flag, with a Cape Verde flag stitched into it. Him and Paul O'Connell, the likes of them, they're the ones just mad enough to show up at these places. It's a cracking yeah, jersey so, though, isn't it? Uh, it's, do you know what? I noticed the Adidas one was lovely. The colours are great, but the, I was looking up the, the sportswear company. It's called Tempo. You can barely even get onto their website. It's like one of these with a shit domain and you can barely order off it because it's it's not maintained, you know? I was surprised that Adidas don't sponsor them anywhere for such a big tournament. So the, it was really, really nice, but it's I think the new the new kit is is a uh, it's not as great as it was. But the Adidas one I think you're thinking of, right? Well, the one that they're wearing in the tournament, I think it's better. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I'm not a fan of it at all. I think it, really? I think it looks like... Uh, like a subpar O'Neill's kit. <laughs> the Blue Sharks. The Blue Sharks, great nickname. Love seeing Pigo build out the national anthem as well. Yeah, he was giving it socks, wasn't he? I like that. He's 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 gone all in. It's the type of guy that he is, isn't he? Yeah, so we'll move on from Pico and we're gonna be keeping up to date with him and Prof is gonna be interviewing him every time he plays a game. So hopefully I think the one thing I meant to say as well, a win, your first win in the group stages of a tournament is huge. If you can get three points in the first game of a tournament like that, it's massive. It is, yeah. And they were probably expected to win because Ethiopia are the underdogs. But when when Pico explained what they've had to deal with, he said 19 players have tested positive in the last week or two. Like, that's crazy. Insane. They've been that without their crazy. manager. They haven't had a manager in this tournament. 
they're waiting for him to get permission to fly over. They haven't had their captain, Ryan Mendez. Funny enough, their, their standing captain, uh, Stopira, I think his name is. Yeah. Interesting fact about him. He scored the winning penalty against Bowes in the Europa League a couple of years ago. Sign him up. Remember the Hungarian team beat them? Yeah. For Hervar, was it? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it's them. And uh, yeah. do you notice the the famous LinkedIn message? It's it's like it's gone viral. Like it was on BBC, yeah. Daily Mail, Sky Sports. They're all very late to the party, but uh, it's just it's everywhere now, isn't it? It's a cool story, though, in fairness. And they're gonna they're gonna launch into anything like this. I mean, with an Irish-born player playing for Cape Verde, who found out he's he's eligible through LinkedIn, and that's how they wanted him. A big shout out to their manager as well, whose name is Boobista. That's a great name. Always like a always like a name like that. Did you hear Pigo explain why he was gotten into an argument with his goalkeeper? No, 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 no. Because he was chesting the back to the goalkeeper, not realizing that uh, an Ethiopian forward was sneaking in behind them. So the keeper had to come out fast and block block the striker. So then him and the him and the keeper were going at it like shouting at each other. And then the camera cut to Pigo and he, he does the calming gesture. Looks like yeah. he's saying, calm, like, calm the fuck down. Uh-huh. That's actually not what he was saying. He's saying the word they use in the team for time is kama. And the word for win the ball is gana. Oh, so those right. two words sound so similar. That's what the mix up was. Oh, so he was, t- oh, no way. So oh, Pigo cool. was shouting at him saying, we have to change that word. Yeah, fucking right. Well, yeah, no, we're all, uh, we're all very real- proud of Pigo. Um, the horse prof, we're not even going to... Mi- Honestly, sack the board, um, fold the club, stop the podcast, everything. Glenn Malore fucking flyer. Gar- who picked it? Who picked the other three options as well? They're all terrible. Who picked the other three as well? All terrible. They actually got Shamrock Rovers as a as a pick, the name. <laughs> they actually picked the name of the club. What's the name of your horse? Shamrock Rovers. Where's Green Ribbon? Fair enough, I have my own reasons. But it's a fucking great name. Did the junior hoops choose these selections? <laughs> no, don't. Don't slander the junior hoops. That, no, that's show. actually insulting to a junior That's hoop. insulting to the junior <laughs> hoops. Oh, man. Ah, we're moving on. Yeah, so 48-year-old Roberto Carlos will line out for a Sunday league team. You pay £5 to enter the charity raffle with a chance of having him to play for your team. Unfortunately, it's a UK thing, so Glenn Rovers, unfortunately, don't qualify. Uh, this reminds me of, do you remember, in there was always a fella in Championship Manager I like to take a punt on. His name was, I think it was Mura. I think he was a Korean, and he's 54 now, and he's playing fourth level. He's playing for his brother. I think it's the fourth level in Korea. And he is 54 officially playing professional football. What is that a record? I think Stanley Matthews played until he was Yeah, 50. no, it is a record. 43, I think it was. But in modern era, 43 possibly was maybe Tafarel. Can't remember who it was. But uh, yeah, 54-year-old playing. A goalkeeper for Cork played in the League of Ireland until he was 45 in the 90s. That's possibly the league name? record. I can't think of his name right now, but... Uh, like you say, it would have been amazing to see Roberto Carlos play for uh, 
Glimbalore horrors. Imagine seeing Gar- Roberto Carlos, one of yours and mine, like most iconic players from the 90s. Imagine seeing him running up and down the same flank as <laughs> Connor Foley at Walking Sound Park. <laughs> it's the stuff of dreams. Connor Foley chewing him out. Make the run. <laughs> Make the run, Roberto. Ghana, Ghana. <laughs> Ghana. Um, in fairness, I think that team, that Brazilian team, we were fascinated with them. We ended up seeing them and it was a nil all draw versus Ireland and Lansdowne and all the superstars were there. Now it was a, it wasn't a great game, but we still got to see them. Like I still remember that. Just we we got there early. We were watching them train. We were just looking at Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Roberto Carlos, Cafu. We just looked at each other and was like, what are, are they, are they really just there in front of us? We're like they're actually there. We could go over and just grab them. <laughs> That's what we were thinking. And we got there early, didn't we? We were like, we got there early, can someone take the seats? Like we were terrified of not actually getting the seats. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 48-year-old Roberto Carlos might be lying over Glenn Malore. Tommy Kelly has his hands full here, trying to convince him. It's signing on fee of I don't know, uh a couple of points out of four probs. So top of the four probs. Um no, we won't talk about the four probs. We have a couple of best of clips from our 100 episode. And it was in the four provinces in 2019. That was guest star and Pat Flynn, his best mate, Graham Merrigan. We had a little the cameo from John Delaney as well that day. A very, very enjoyable day out. So, yeah, here are some clips. So, Pato, you were on our short two years ago, nearly to the day. Two years ago. Jesus Christ. So, um, episode 25, and uh, you were the first former Rovers player in Johnny Blues, and there was a clamour for you to make your return. So, um, we're going to have to get a drink into him, aren't we? We're going to have to start loosening him up. <laughs> well, so, all the usual topics came up that day. Red cars, the tackle of Ronaldo was the 10th anniversary of the Real Madrid game last month. And uh, every year you write to him, apparently, so you're persistent enough. But once again, no response from Ronaldo. Oh, he's being the usual. A bit of a bollocks and a premium <laughs> on him. But, um, we do, we write to him every year with the hope that he'll get back to me. With Marcelo's as well, I write to him. <laughs> every time I'm out. I get a few drinks in me. Are you allowed into Spain at this stage? <laughs> so. Every time we're out and I get a few drinks, we're I ring uh, Real Madrid's and Juventus reception ass and say, yeah. I'd say about 100 voicemails from me. So, uh, he's, he's here again. It <laughs> was, was a great day, you know. <clears throat> uh, one story that we, we never heard before about you, Padre, was when you were at Pat's and uh, you and Aidan Price were on the bench messing. So, can you tell us this one? Yeah, well. A lot, of, a lot of radio shows and all of you know, they always hit you with what's the funniest thing that happened. And with a lot of dirty ones that I can't really tell, that Paul Bocker Bailey. So I needed a clean one, and it, then it just <clears throat> came back to me that me and Ada were on the bench one day at Pat's, and uh, we were on the bench all season, fucking bored, we we're having bets and all, and shit like that. And Ada goes, like, dare you to go up and stand beside Bucko, just in your full kit. So I took off my tracksuit, stood beside him, and Bucko's on the line and says, What are As you doing? As if you were being subbed on. Like. It was coming on, and Bucko goes, What are you doing? And he says, I'm coming on, am I? And he goes, no, I, did, I didn't arrange it. I says, you can't fucking embarrass me now, Liam. I says, I have to go on. So he, he bottled it. He, he put, put you on! <laughs> so I got, I, got, I got my 50 euro appearance bonus. And, uh, he's, he's a soft touch, yeah? Oh, oh my God. 
How much did Ado give you? Well, it got me 50 euro appearance. I was happy. Ado got a laugh out of it. And you said in an interview recently the worst thing that could have happened was discovering the wolf tones before you went away. I ended up going over and hating all these English lads I was about to play with. Which brings us to our next question given us to by Joey O'Brien. He says, when you were at Wolves, you had to walk by a British Army base every day. Tell us about that. Yeah, we, we used to train. We went over and again, we did discover the wolf tones and air dogs. So it's the wor- worst thing to happen. It really was. But then we went over and we used to train at RAF base in Cosford. And uh, we knew all these fucking, all the army boys would be out watching us. We'd be standing under Union Jackson. This is half the reason I got sent off. And the anger <laughs> issue was the But then one night we went out in Wolverhampton and uh, that's where all the RAF boys used to drink. So do you, I think they recognised a couple of us and there they, I went up and says, give us a batter of sausage and chips. This was in the chipper after. And I seen the lads say, fucking Paddy Wanker. And I says, what just call me? And they're there, Paddy Wanker. And I says, fuck you. And they're there, what's your name? And I says, it's fucking, it's Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> so I went up and ordered me uh, sausage and chips and I says, could I have a half portion of uh, <laughs> so me and the other fella Ian McGrain we end up getting chased down the road in Wolverhampton with the soldiers with the British Army so. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, the start of the end of my career <laughs> that's a bit of a story alright yeah, so um, we're going to move on now and our first guest it's Paggio's best mate it's Graham Merrill Merrigan <laughs> another, another podcast wanker along with ourselves yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to ask Pajo a story now as well. So oh, give uh, one question. One question you can ask Pajo. You can obviously oh, know Pajo. We prefer, to, we prefer anybody, people but... being hung as well. So I'd like you to hang him out to dry here. Oh, oh, one question from... Um, <coughs> what's the worst Walker Bailey story? <laughs> Is he still in jail, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, After that one, the next one. I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's. I think he's on no weekend release. Is he? I think Shelton Abbey. I'll tell it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's one of them when he was uh, tried to give himself a clonic irrigation. So we used to fill the water baths with a big hose. Oh, oh wait, hold on, hold on. So did did he think of this or did someone else? Think oh, he of always it? thinks of it. So he just thought, I need a colonic. He, he just does this for the crack now. So we walked in, we filled the ice bath with, with a hose. <laughs> Sounds like a good sound, not know be in the dressing room. Yeah. A big, there used to be a big bucket, so we'd fill it with a hose. But one day we walked in, and he's in there by himself, like. And we walked in, and he's bent over on the bench with a hose up his arse. And he goes, turn that hose on full, full blast. <laughs> so we buried it on, and then that was how we gave himself. <laughs> it would be mad. Like, we'd, we'd go into the shower sometimes, and... He'd be just pissing in his mouth and there'd be no one in there. What? Just for the crack now, he spit it out. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Of course. Standard, yeah. He'd be trying to impress no one. He'd be just in there himself, do you want to join that way? So you'd walk in, you'd be like, all right, Bucky Brook. Oh, 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 oh. And he'd he spit at the lads and all for the crack. Spit I wonder he's fucking mad. Yeah. There was actually shells at him and uh, you couldn't sleep on the bus. There was him, Dean Kelly, Glenn Crown in there and all. And I fell asleep on the way to Galway. And the, Dean Kelly tips me from behind, and I say, like, "What?" So I opened my eyes, and there was an anus right in my eyes, <laughs> and Bucker fired and right in my eyes. That was pre-season. That crow's gonna be on your headstone. Bucker fired right in my eyes. For the rest of the season, I couldn't sleep. Most people would hate me, Sam. Would you? I wouldn't sleep at all. <laughs> <laughs> what was the scrap with Bucker and Alan Matthews? Cause you never actually told that one on our show. That was me and Alan, was it? 
That's no, what is it? You and I are blocker now. Uh, both of us. I'm retired long enough to tell him, I think, yeah. Alan, Alan's retired as well. Uh, now, before I think he's out of the country. I think he's in Barbados. Alan's a lovely man now, and how he forgive me will never forget that. But uh, my first game for Shells. Pre season, wasn't it? Pre season, yeah. Went to Merivia when I got sent off after 20 minutes. Fucking never sending off. But. So I apologise to the ref. And then uh, my next pre season game against Wexford, then. I tackled someone, never sending off. Yellow probably at best. I got sent off again. So I played my first two games. I played like 35 minutes for shells. So I'm in the dressing room. I said, it's a fucking disgrace. The refs are out with me. And expecting Alan Matthews to come in and give me the arm around the shoulder. So Alan walks into the dressing room. I was yeah, yeah, Grant, Grant. And he looks at me and goes, you're a fucking disgrace. And I says, oh, I'm a disgrace. I says, I'll bite your nose off. So I jumped on him. And then... Uh, <laughs> We got pulled off. Did you bite set the whole No, off? I didn't. I tried my best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got pulled off from then, and then uh, Bucker started and Barry, the assistant, for no reason. <laughs> so Alan tried to leave me in uh, Wexford by myself. He goes, You're not getting the bus back. So in the end, I had to ring the chairman and all. He let me on the bus back. Um, I got suspended for six weeks, so I didn't play for Shells for the first like four games of the season. And we went down with about 12 points, so we had to play it. I regret it because Alan's a lovely man and he took when Tony Cousins got sacked we never really talked to each other after that he got sacked at uh, Longford Alan took over and fucking when he walked into the dressing room and I was like oh, it was so fucking awkward Whoa. he's shaking everybody's hand and he goes Pat yeah. we meet again <laughs> but he's a lovely man and that happened with Alan Moore with you as well didn't it Fuck's sake. Alan Moore. There uh, we go, we keep them coming, keep them coming. <laughs> we were playing Sligo, I think it was the last season of Talca maybe, but we were playing away and I knew he, I might have been I might no Pat Scully was definitely there. Um so the ball went out for throw, I think we were drawing one all or it was two one the last minute. So I went out for throw and Alan Moore's warming up and he picks up the ball to give it to me and throws it behind. So in the end, I ended up giving him a punch or an elbow, whatever it was. And I got sent off for fucking attacking a sub. So, <laughs> <laughs> then I went, in, I went into the dressing room then, and Pat Scully said, I think you're a tough man. Pat's a big man. Like, he was just fucking fight me. And I went into my chair and said, oh, no, I wouldn't fight you. <laughs> so then Scully got sacked at the end of that season. Uh, Jim, what's, Jim Crawford took over with Alan Moore. No, so Alan Moore say. comes in and uh, he goes, same. Pat, we meet again. <laughs> for fuck's sake, it's so awkward. <laughs> so uh, thank God Mike came in and kept me because the lads had to stay in. We should probably fun. name the managers you haven't tried to attack. <laughs> Mike was kind of probably about it. <laughs> 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 Jim, Jim and Jim as well. Jim and Jim. Yeah, Jim would take you down a couple of Jim months. Jim yeah, yeah. Well, well, you used to always ask Jim. He couldn't figure me out because I was on the bench. I was just having a crack all the time. I used to always say, Jim, can we be like best friends? Like me and you. <laughs> Great crack. <laughs> And he'd be looking at him saying, this, he'd be looking at Mike and saying, is this not a fucking pub football? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you any good stories about Jim? Uh, no, he went through. Still. I heard he can, uh, I heard he can time some, I heard he used to time sprints, is that right? Time sprints. With, with the clock watch. Yeah, uh, well, In sure. Israel. Oh, no, that's Trev Crowley. No, what was that? Trev was doing that? Yeah, that was Trev Crowley. Yeah. Really? Trev, that was a bocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Trev, yeah. Bocker was running up and down the hall. Yeah, and so we fucking... Um, <laughs> we, have, we bet Israel that night, or whatever they call it, Ben Yehuda. And uh, we woke up the next morning. It was about seven in the morning. We had to leave early. And all you hear now... What the fuck is that? Always room with Paddy Cavanagh, fucking best looking room in this. So I said, What's that noise? We look out and we just see Bocker just naked running down the hall. And uh, then when he gets to the end of the hall, he carries his bag of cans back up. And 
and we looked at the far end of the hall and Trev Crawley's there. Not good times, Bucker. Has to be quicker. Has to be quicker. <laughs> so Bucker sprint back down again. Getting the info for the spreadsheets. Oh, fucking, the best crack in my life. <laughs> so um, before we let you go, uh, Mero Pack, it was a question for you. He says, uh, ask about your time in the Cobra Strip Club in Wolverhampton. Oh, you <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment no. at all. Cobra Strip Club. Well, you you tell it fucking different stuff. Like, well, you can tell it or I can add on. Yeah, I'd actually like to hear both sides. No, we'll, just, <coughs> we'll just have a row. <laughs> That's allowed as well, yeah. You tell we your story. We come out of a... It was in Wolves four years. After two years, now your best friend only comes after over two years. Flights are only 40 euros, already. And it took him two years to come over. So went out for a couple of drinks and we walked across the road and he says, it's that strip club, he says. So he says, yeah, he says. That's <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell her or do you want me to fake her? So we went in and I says, This lad's probably never seen it. I says, I'll get him a dance. So I got him two girls dancing. I went up for a drink and I came back and he's on his back. Is that right? Is that, that right? That part is true. Is that <laughs> his back? I says, what the fuck happened? He goes, I forgot to put my brakes on. <laughs> so that's not the fucking worst for me. And anyway. So he goes home and then. My missus goes, how did you get on over there? And he goes, grand, yeah, we did this, went to the match. And what match was he, you know, either? And he goes, went to the strip club. Arsenal, I think it was. Was it? it? Went to the strip club. And I said, you didn't say that, did you? So she came over about two weeks later and went to the same pub and all. And she walked out. She goes, is that the strip club he's went to? Now, she thought it was one of these American things where yeah, you walk yeah. out and yeah. it wasn't injured or anything. So she goes, give us a look at it. So I went down and says, I was only in it once in Merrill. I'm walking down the stairs. Two of them are coming upstairs and says, Hiya, Pat. The usual, is it? <laughs> in fairness, one of the lads used to go out with one of those. That's what happened when we went down. They were all over you. Where you? <laughs> <laughs> the old parents' bonus as well. I'll get you to edit that one tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Or after the divorce. i get the text in the morning. <laughs> I, I didn't suggest the go, right? Just to put that on record. I did follow me arse, though. <laughs> it was a stupid wheelchair. It was too fucking light. Did you have a good time, though? Your woman put her leg in the shower and I was on me back. <laughs> It's a loud one. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> right, yeah, speak for yourself, speak yeah. yourself. So, um, yeah, no, some great, some great times. I'm looking for some more live shows coming up. We have one planned. We're just waiting on some confirmation. So we'll have a start of season special. So definitely keep tuned to our socials. Yeah, a lot of people hard to disagree that that's probably our best show we've ever done, that one. I mean, it just had everything. Had Paggio, had John Delaney, had a live audience, Joe's, Mick McCarthy. It didn't descend into madness. And I love the time of it as well, because that show, that was like the first week of August. I don't think we'd even beaten Bowes yet. We were still on that run against Bowes. We hadn't won the cup yet, but we were still talking positively. We were still like, yeah, we trust in Brazzer and we trust in this team. It was a real, we felt something, we were on the verge of something. Yeah, we always did, in fairness, now, in fairness, we did hammer the team a couple of times, but we always, we always stayed true on how we felt and how we genuinely felt. That's one thing we can say. And we do rate Jack Ford and we do love assists. That's <laughs> I also loved Ozzy Nate at the end because we, we kept swapping in people to sit beside Padjo and they all got to ask him a question. I remember James Lowell, <laughs> James Lowell asked him who was the biggest wang in the dressing room <laughs> and then we put Ozzy Nate beside him and we asked him like do you have a question he goes oh I didn't know who you were <laughs> <laughs> brilliant 
<laughs> goes back to him keeping the four in a row. Yeah. He no, no idea who he was. Uh, brilliant. So we're going to Shamrock Rumors now, Prof. And silly season isn't as silly as it should be. Um, I think it's because our squad is pretty full and we're not really we're not really in the market for a lot of players at the minute, but I think our badgering of um or well my badgering I might have rubbed off on Bradzer, considering we have a a French American goalie on trial. Um his name is that, Marvin. Yeah. His name is Marvin. He's 30 from the University of Massachusetts, I think it was. I have a fact while I'm vlogging here. I'll get his, 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 his full name, but um, yeah. I hope he doesn't so have we, as many clubs as Rohan Rickers, does he? Yeah, no, I don't think so. But it's interesting to see, and you'd wonder. You'd wonder. But now, silly season, it's not as silly as it should be. We were linked with Brian Murphy. Liam Poles reportedly going to draw it. I thought that was done and dusted. Nothing came of it. We lost a player, Jordan Tallon. I saw Robert Goggins saying farewell on Twitter. I think he might have just been a grad, graduate, an academy graduate leaving. I don't think he was going on to anywhere in particular. He was just saying his goodbyes and saying his thank yous. Um, One of the quieter no, seasons so far, isn't it, in terms of uh, yeah. rumours? But it is always fun when the, the first pictures of preseason training come out. And then you're looking at the faces and like, oh, don't recognize him. And then the investigative yeah, yeah. work begins. It's real now. It's real. It's coming up to the start of the season. A couple of young guys as well. I see Noidamo and Marku in there training with, I think, Cole and Marikoman. A few more under young, younger graduate, uh, academy graduates. So definitely hoping somebody gets their chance here. And we're only speaking about Cole getting a chance. So once again, hashtag Brads listens. Um, Owen Doyle officially signed for Pats. So Owen Doyle got the phone call. Said Kelleher rang him himself. Big bag of cash. There you go. Come down to Pats for three years. Yeah, at least he still has a sense of humour. Owen Doyle are saying he's signed for a big club. <laughs> well, their front three is formidable in fairness. You got Tunde, Doyle and Doyle. Yeah, but they're going to be launching long balls up from the keeper. They've got <laughs> defenders or midfielders. They lost Benson. They lost Lewis. They lost... Uh, Mountney, they lost Bone, like uh, straight off. That's the top of the head. So they they've lost quite a lot of players. Still have Forrester in there as well. But um, it is it is it's, it's a good forward line. Two Doyles. Well, here's another one. Actually, I meant to ask you. Last time you recognised the team with two players with the same surname in it, Doyle and Doyle up front. There's been plenty of times with players with the same name, but maybe like a strike force of the same name. That is unusual. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? I don't think I've ever... I can't think of anything like that. So Doyle and Doyle up front. I can't remember anyone in any league, anything growing up watching strike force who had the same surnames. There's one we can throw out. It's one of those stats for too lazy to research. Can, yeah. people, can people think of strike forces in the past with people with the same surname? Uh, mm. Correction to uh, last week's show. I said that Ollie Horgan is the longest serving manager at one club, and he is. But then I said Brazder was second. It's actually Keith Long. Ooh. So Ollie Horgan came in 2014, then Keith Long the following season, and then Brazder 2016. So they're the three longest serving. Count years. Bows have some sort of their own time scale because they they're too hipster to use regular time and years. So they just use their own form of time, and that's that's how they go. I think it's it's something to do with carbon. 
So our dog ears are fucking cat ears they walk off of. So it's definitely not human ears. Did you notice on Twitter the club was doing uh, wallpaper Wednesday? So you, you send in uh, what what name and number you want on your your wallpaper for your phone. Someone requested a long zero. <laughs> oh well, no, I'll give him the one. He hasn't necessarily played. Um, yeah. So the Netestad saga, prop. This is a crazy one. So he was signed. It's actually quite similar to Joe Gormley. Joe Gormley had signed for Port of Down. Um, for about two hours. For about two hours. And they realized what he put up on Twitter about orange men marching down the street. And then he was promptly released or annulled even, you could say. But the Natastad one, Prof, have you got a bit of info on this? Well, did you follow it yourself? Like he was supposed to... From what I heard, he was due to stand trial. No, he, he was supposed he to testify in a rape trial and right. he's basically ducked it for a year. So how come we didn't know about this when he was with Dundalk? I don't know. It was kept under the mark. Now, I knew about the guy in itself. I remember the striker who was involved and he just fled. So I had no idea that Nanasad was involved in it. But I'm guessing as the trial went on, he would have been called. So let's say the date came to it. It was like, okay, this guy, Joe Bloggs, he's up for rape. Oh yeah, by the way, this fella is now being called as a witness. So I don't think you kind of find out until it happens and the trial comes up. I don't think witnesses kind of know they're going to get called until it's near to the time. So maybe that's what it was. It was quite bizarre because the, the son had a, had a few transfers confirmed. I think it was quite late in the night. I think it was about eight o'clock at night and it was Nedestad was one of them. By 10 o'clock, that, that news was outdated. He had, like he had left the club. Yeah. That's how fast it happened. Yeah, it was uh, it was insane. But it's yeah, it's not something that you want to be associated with at all, is it? Oh, he was dort anyway. He divided opinion within our little group, didn't he? A couple he only, of people. Uh, he right. actually only started eight league games last season. Like considering, no, didn't. didn't he score against us in the Presidents Cup? And we were thinking, yeah. this guy looks like he has something about him. He's not just tall. No, I didn't like him. Now I thought he was a bit of a donkey. Yeah, so we'll move on from that one, Prof. And we're going on to one of my favourite parts. When it does pop and rear its head, it's the Tifties Hotline. We've eight callers into the hotline today, Prof. And the questions were as follows. So will we uh, will we answer them as we name them for ourselves? So as we call out the questions, we'll answer them ourselves briefly. Yeah. So number one, who did you vote as your Player of the Year award? Um, why? I went with Ronald Finn. And um, I just thought that during certain times and parts of the season is that he did a lot of undone, unsaid and unnoticed work that kind of pushed us on intensity-wise. And I think uh, I think if it wasn't for him, that we, we wouldn't have been able to have been kick-started in certain games and go on to kind of win and score these late winners. I think his intensity was a part of the reason that pushed on and we got a lot of results that we did. And I just thought he deserved it. I thought he was really, really good. I thought it was extremely close between Finn and Gaffney. And I gave it to Gaffney for biased reasons. I just, I like him. Mm. I, I liked what he contributed slightly more than Finn. Although Finn had an absolutely fantastic season. And the follow-up question to that one, Gear. We have, what is your fondest and funniest memory of a pre-season friendly? Um, I don't no, know, which player I don't would you like to sign next season? That was the next one. 
So which player in the league would you like Rovers to sign for the next season? Jesus, a rake at him. I would have liked to have signed Odomosu last season and have him as an understudy to Manus. Uh, McGinty, possibly. Um, I liked Jimmy Brown off Drada, but he's gone. I liked Calvin Phillips. He's gone. Calvin Phillips was excellent against us every time. Thought he was a nice ball playing centre half and then it came out that he was a centre midfielder so he could play both. Really good player. Um, I liked Johnny Kenny. I thought he was really good. Couple of just a couple of good players there that would have kind of fit into our team. Um, Mark Coyle, who signed for who did he sign for, Prof? Went to Shells, didn't he? The little centre midfielder always did a bit of damage against us for Harps. Just some good players that impressed that I thought might fit into our team. I would have actually liked Tunde. Whether or not he would have fit into Brazil's system, who knows? But uh, I think he's one of the most interested forwards I've seen in the league in yeah. a while. Uh, Very jealous most, when they signed them. Most people in this hotline chose Colin Whedon, and it, he is sort of expected to arrive in the summer. Hopefully, he does. But uh, that makes sense. Most people picked him because he looks a really good finisher. Uh, who now number two? What is your fondest and funniest memory from a preseason friendly? I'm gonna go with Twig's debut. Um, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. And for other reasons as well, that we nearly died on the way home. But that is certainly not a story for Tifties. Unfortunately, we don't mind telling stories, but that one will go to the grave with me. But now Twiggy's debut, and I remember, I remember there was a, there was a gang. It was in Lissy Wallen. Uh, I think Maloney was there. There was there was a, it was a good gang, and I think when he scored, everybody just kind of looked around and goes, "This fella's got a bit about him," and uh, certainly did in the end. I don't really have a, a, a fond memory of preseason. I generally don't like it. When I think of preseason, I think me freezing my balls off at Rosetown. <laughs> yeah, two games a day. I've been to I've been to some in Tata, but I can't remember anything notable happening. Really, uh, I know some people go to the away ones. I know. I think it was it was a Kane and his dad told me they drove down to Galway for a nil nil. Not even in Galway Stadium, just on their Astro or something. Like that that's that's dedication, but it's not for me to be honest. I know some people are going to Limerick. It's, it sounds like a good trip on Saturday, but uh no, I, I've not not done a huge amount of the preseason friendly, to be honest. Yeah, same as myself. I think if if I'm around and I'm at a loose one, I'll think yeah, I'll get to that. But I don't I think what did someone say before? It's like watching your dinner being cooked. Through the, through the oven I don't I don't want to see it until it's the full product you know what I mean it sounds like a Gary Parsons phrase to be honest <laughs> yeah it's blown off the cobweb so I don't I don't really want to see it um, what else have we got Have name your first second and third podcast interviews that we did in the second half of 2021 July to December episodes below so that is more of a fan one prof but I'm going to go with the favourite one was uh, it had to be Pascal I'm just gonna go Pat Scully. Pat Scully blew everyone out of the water, and I think that's that's just it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And he do he just he did something that is forever Rovers fans forever gonna be grateful. And that's getting a team out of force division on the first goal, and that is as we've seen with Shells, as we've seen with other teams, it's extremely difficult to do. Yeah, I thought Scully was the clear winner here. Uh, just. Brilliant listening to him. You could listen to him for another two hours. Just, just one of those rare 
people in football. And second and third, I don't know, don't know what you would go for. I'm, I'm looking at the list here. There's a few containers like Con Murphy and Graham Gartland, Owen Royce and McDermott Ferris. I really enjoyed those ones. Mm, actually, I actually quite brilliant. liked Winston and Pat Byrne because of the ending. I, I really <laughs> the, the enjoyed that one. Laughter. Yeah. But yeah, no, some brilliant ones and loads to look forward to now in the new year, hopefully as well. Probably well to the ultras display, favorite everyone. Uh, honestly, from as regards to just jaw dropping um, and nostalgia, I'm going to go nostalgia. I was fear, we fear no dance. I just think it to myself, that's fucking insane. There was another deadly one as well with a load of clear perspex and there was flares lit behind it. Um, but as as visually, it has to be the Finn Harps one. Like that, that was absolutely insane, man. Insane. I've, I know you had a board's eye view, you could say, because I was down with Moya in the middle of the pitch doing junior hoops and the the flag waving. And when that kicked off, I just thought to myself, what the fuck? And it kept getting better and better and better. And it kept just getting bigger and wider. And it was just, it, it's honestly the most impressive one I've ever seen. Obviously, the cup final, everyone's going to say that. And that gets a me- mention. But as regards to making it our own, our own stadium, South Stand Block X, you can't be Finn Harps. It's, it's fucking... I'm laughing. And, and the night that it. was in it, you know, the atmosphere, winning the title. It's kind of weird picking a display that you can't see. You you were lucky. You got a, the vantage point. But mm. then when you see the clips afterwards and you're thinking about it and you're comparing to the great ones, I always thought We Fear No Danes was... That was my favourite for a long time. Obviously, they've upped the ante, haven't they, with... Uh, legends are made in Ring's End and, and the Harps one that you're talking about there. So those three one probably as well. I think there was one that Steve Siri was involved with Forky. There was a massive one in Tolka, possibly the last the last game. I'm not too sure, but there was a ridiculous one that went on for a long time. Now it wasn't that it. There's a video, a great video of it. There's a ridiculous one there. Um, was... I think all the the European ones were mostly cool. Um, the ones where you had a massive, massive flag and everybody's underneath it. Those ones are always good. Do you remember we had a huge, huge, big checkered flag? I was just about to mention that. Uh, Les, Lowe, Les Lowe sent me a picture of that recently and said, I just found this on my phone. That giant flag, like it covered like nearly the whole East End. Where did it's, they put it's, these quite, it's simplistic, but it's glorious in its size, isn't it? Where did they put them? Where is this now? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Where do you put these massive flags? Probably draped over every like uh, every house on a street or something. Was that long? Yeah. So that was question uh, four. What is your favorite ever Oldgers display? And then question five, Gar. Yeah. So uh, Pat Flynn, Pat Flynn is getting all your messages, and he's on the Tifties hotline this week as well. So we're wishing him a happy birthday, big happy birthday to Pat Flynn, and uh, we wanted fans to tell him why he thought he should return to Twitter. So it's a joint effort to get him on and back on Twitter because we miss him. And what's your favourite Flinner moment at Rovers? Plenty of them. I think bouncing the trophy off his head out in Bray, that was always memorable because it happened like in front of us. Amazingly, that everywhere. did not get a mention in the hotline. I thought that was insane because just the whole thing, everybody's on the pitch slipping around and then all of a sudden there's a bloody Flinner up on stage with the trophy. I just thought this is nuts. And in the moment, um, you're just like, ah, oh, you probably head, buddy. Kicking Garrett McGlynn is always a good one. So I'd say a lot of people went for that. Um, 
It's yeah, I th- I think just generally Pat Flame was I thought he had a great cup final. I thought he was very good in the cup final against Sligo as well. I think that deserves a mention, considering we were we were down, we were nearly might as well have been down to ten men. Um yeah, no, just all those I think Bray, the Bray, bloody Bray for me. It probably it wasn't a positive memory, but getting sent off five minutes after coming on against Sligo. It's <laughs> it's funny, it's a funny memory. And I apologize yeah, to Jim Gilton he, as he walks off. <laughs> um yeah, so that's our that's our tipty's hotline. So we're gonna move on to the fans. So you're gonna hear from Fikra, Donald Dunn, Serda, Wheelan, and the biggest club, Jason Maloney. So here it is. Hi, it's Fiacre calling into the first Tifties hotline of the year. Um, I went with Rory Gaffney for player of the year. Uh, this season was a really difficult choice. There was quite a few players, you know, deserving of it, uh, which is a great problem to have. And I've uh, no issue at all with Danny winning it in the end. Uh, he certainly deserved it too. But I went with Gaffney personally because I felt over the course of the season, he was just the most consistent performer. He was vital to the team. Just worked the socks off every time he was on the pitch. He created so many chances and goals for us. Um, and of course, contributed a few himself. And I think Reedy's standout for me was actually at the start of the season, that really vital 2-1 win over Dundalk. He came on and he changed the game there for me. Uh, so that's why I went with him. Uh, in terms of signing player there was quite a few players on my radar but most of them have moved on to the uk or, or elsewhere anyway um over the break so in terms of players who are actually left i'd say ed mcginty the keeper at sligo would be my number one target i think whatever happens now over the next 12 months we know we're going to need a new keeper um and I think he's really good. I think he's the pet- potential to be the best keeper in the league for the next, could be for the next 10 years or so if we sign him. So I think it'd be a really good sign to bring in. Um, so yeah, Ed McGinty off Sligo would be my choice. Um, pre-season friendlies aren't something that I really go to that much. Um, certainly not the last few years you know unless there's a new manager saying something you know we you kind of want to see how we're going to look and the new season or a few new players in but other than that unless we're playing a team that we don't normally get to play i'm not too pushed on them um although i am hoping to go to limerick next week um but one of the ones that stands out is a few years ago, back in 15, with the Robbie Keane show come to town, we played LA Galaxy. But I think we'll live longer in the memory for the game that they trialled a bar in the stadium during the game. And there was no south stand at the time. There was a bar put in behind the goal and all the Larrys, all the ultras, all the usual faces spent the entire game behind the goal, of course. Uh, you know, some people were unaware that we actually lost the game, but uh, it was definitely an enjoyable match. Um, listening to the pod the last season, I really enjoyed the interviews. They're really, really good ones. Um, but recently, my favourite be Pat Scully. Uh, he's just really kind of frank and, and honest and uh, always interesting to listen to. And I was always a big fan of his. So I enjoyed that interview a lot. Um, Trevor Malloy. 
again one of my favorite players growing up uh he's always kind of he's funny you know and uh actually enjoyed he, he got quite a few facts could have misremembered them or got the years wrong or players were involved in different games it's kind of fun fact checking them through that one and uh then finally con murphy and graham gartland they're just two top blokes two gray hoops and um that was a really good interview and she could listen to con murphy talk all day he's a just great presenter for me displays uh obviously very kind of personally like i've been involved with the ultras for 14 years so i'm thinking of how they looked but also the work that went into them and the plan that was there in the first place and how it came off so i'm gonna go my favorite one is still the ultras display that was the first display in the east stand it wasn't actually fully built yet and we just spelt out massive letters ultras on a see-through plastic that was illuminated by flares when the teams came out and it just it was a simple idea but it looked great and it came off kind of exactly as we had it planned um i'm not going with the cup final one because that just broke all our hearts all the work that went into it and i don't have the best memories of making it so i'm not going with it um finally brello on a pajo uh standout memory of yours is definitely your appearance on the late late show saying the only souvenir you wanted from the match uh with real madrid was ronaldo's blood on your boots which was great and made all the headlines <laughs> for the week uh on on the field has to be i don't know you feel bad about it but kicking gareth mclean up the swiss is still the the standout memory get back on twitter because someone has to abuse on Doyle when he's playing for the junkies next year Cheers, over now. Joel Dunn here. Thanks for asking me to uh, contribute. Uh, been a fan since 1975, so I've seen a few decent players in my time. I voted for Rory Gaffney as Player of the Year simply because he scored some very decent goals at important times and gave a fantastic contribution for most of the season, done it all. It's just a skill in his movement, uh, his ability to pass, the fact that he's always looking for the ball and generally makes a decent contribution and probably went a little bit unrecognised towards the end of the season as other players overshadowed him. Uh, in terms of my fondest, funniest perhaps memories of pre-season friendlies, I might be the wrong person to answer that question as generally speaking I don't really go to many pre-season friendlies. Probably my um, favourite memory from a personal point of view is the St. Johnson came in Belfield uh, in the early 90s simply because uh, I'm a St. Johnson fan since 1987 for reasons which I won't go into now. But I turned up at the game wearing a St. Johnson jersey and a Rovers scarf, and Martin Moore went absolutely ballistic, uh, quite rightly so in some ways. But I just thought it was highly amusing his face and his outrage at the time. Other pre season memories that uh, strike me. Uh, and I think it was probably after the Wexford game. Um, John Byrne standing in the middle of a, a field behind a, a uh, petrol station after a refreshment stop. He bought a bottle of red wine, but he wouldn't drink it uh, without a glass. So he bought glasses in the petrol station. Uh, so standing in the middle of a field, everybody else gathered went cider and beer, and John was drinking red wine out of a glass, which was kind of classy, but slightly odd as well. Uh, other ones that I remember, I'm not sure you could call the League Cup uh, a pre-season friendly, but in, I think it was uh, 93 or 94, playing St. James's Gate, the Ivy Grounds, on a Sunday afternoon. 
and they point blank refused to open the social club and the bar uh, and the absolute outrage and very um, colourful language that was used by many Rovers fans in the day was uh, hilarious, but they uh, they weren't backing down. Um, best interviews on the podcast uh, during last season. Um, my personal favourite was Pat Scully's. Uh, very interesting, very honest, um, and very illuminating in many ways from a man who is crucial to the, com- the club's um, history. Um, he hasn't been overlooked and he's fondly remembered, but the uh, interview uh, showed why I think modern football management is not really something <laughs> he would uh, embrace, shall we say. The others, uh, are probably the second favourite uh, was uh, the Love Rovers Late Hate Racism, simply because it's, it's a great initiative, um, very good cause, and no backslapping, no doing it for marketing purposes, uh, just doing it for, as a genuine cause. Um, and it was a great, great initiative and fair play to the lads for organising it. Third favourite, it's really hard to choose one, so I'm not going to, I'm going to choose two. Um, Carl Murphy and Graham Gartland, simply because they um, are so informative and entertaining and professional and smooth in what they do. I thought that interview was pretty good, but in joint third place, I'd have to say Al O'Neill, a very decent man, a great goalkeeper, a great servant of the club, and someone who managed to keep on everybody's good side, Dundalk and Rovers, which is very, very difficult. Um, Favourite ultras display, it's got to be the cup final, I think, in 2019, which was amazing. Um, the 10th year anniversary one was pretty brilliant as well, and there's some great ones in Talker Park when Joe Merriman was organising. But I have to say the 2019 one was particularly special for all kinds of reasons. Um, and as I'm involved in Pride of Rings End, obviously the banner was uh, something that uh, we absolutely adored. And uh, basically, happy birthday to Pat Flynn, of course. My favourite moment for Pat uh, was clearly a red card against Bowes in 2010. Partly because it was just funny in itself, the actual incident. But also, it was kind of like the icing on the cake when we won 3-0 with 10 men. Uh, my recollection is we were 1-0 up when he was sent off, and uh, it was just brilliant. Uh, it was great fun, and thankfully the, the season ended pretty well. But a second personal favourite moment of mine uh, would be the, the Bray game in 2010 in the Carlisle Giants when we won the cup, uh, sorry, when we won the league. Um, Pat's face when we won it, and his genuine joy at winning the league with Rovers was fantastic uh, to see. Um, I'd love to see uh, Pat stay on Twitter simply because he's a highly entertaining man, very pity, very amusing, um, and obviously absolute 100% hoops legend. So stay on Twitter, Pat, please. Hi, this is Sarah Wheelahan. Um, my player of the year for the 2021 season was definitely Ronan Finn. I'm following the club for the last four or five years and just, I think Finn just really stood out to me so much more this year than in previous years. I always did acknowledge what a good player he was and um, how much he 
was holding the team together in multiple games. But this year, um, I just really felt he shone and he got my vote for Player of the Year. My Young Player of the Year was Adam Omaku. Again, so excited to be following the club at this point in time to know that he's up and coming um, in the future. I really hope he gets to stay with the club and we get to kind of train him in a little bit more and that he becomes ever present in the first team and gets his place and is more consistent. Um, and yeah, just he had such an impact in so many games this year and um, I'm just so happy that he's he's part of our club. Um, the player I really would probably like Rovers to sign most next year. I kind of have two of them actually. Um, Adam Osu from Drogheda United. I've seen him a couple of times. I think he's very good. Again, young. I think he could be ideal to get him on board, train him up as a goalkeeper um, following our philosophy and our way of way of play and all of that and get him to be hopefully a goalkeeper in the next couple of years train him up kind of alongside Manus and Poles and have him possibly as the first team goalkeeper in the next couple of years so I think he would be a great signing um, Alex Murphy as well who plays as a left back in Galway United in the first division I think he'd be really good but I am aware um, they've Galway United have just signed him back up so don't think he's going to be coming to Rovers this season but I do um, seen him a couple of times actually this year as well and think he is very good I think he would slot in very well at our team. Um, the fondest and funniest preseason friendly um, memories. Again, because um, they're usually on a Saturday and Sunday, I haven't really got to go to many of them or any of them over the last couple of years. Um, so I can't really say I have many funny memories, but I have uh, memories of watching Brentford B and Celtic and those some of those games kind of stand out to me. Um, over the last couple of years, but I haven't actually been to any of them just with the days that they're on. Oh God, my favourite top three podcast interviews for um, from Tifties for the second half of 2021. It's very hard to choose. Um, I must say, like I would love to nearly choose all of them. Uh, if I had to pick, definitely number one would be the one with Con Murphy and Graham Gartland. Um, I was away actually during the summer when I was listening to that. Um, and I remember like SR FC TV would have been what I would have watched the games on when I was traveling during the summer. So they were when I saw that they were coming on the podcast, I was thrilled because I'm a big fan of the two of them. I think they bounce off each other so well. They both have such knowledge, such experience. Really, really love listening to the commentary from them because it's so, I just find it so on point and really, really good. Um, so it was great to hear them on the podcast and that was a good laugh. Uh, again, a bit of a random one, but the episode of Barry Cotter uh, towards the end of the season there, I really actually enjoyed that gave me lots of laughs and uh, it was nice to hear his story and how he's kind of settling in only after arriving into the club like during the season and um, but it's nice to for to hear I guess him saying how much he loved the club and felt loved by the fans and felt like it was such a nice atmosphere around the club which is what you know we always as fans know and we feel from from the club and from the whole um, board and the team and the management and all of that but it was great to hear someone who's just come in new totally buy into our philosophy and just really talk so nicely about his uh, his love of the club so far and his love of being um, around the team and playing with the team as well and again actually the last number three possibly would be the most one of the most recent ones with Winston meeting Rohan Ricketts and um, again not following um, Rover's 
back when Rohan Ricketts was playing and I didn't know much about him before but I actually really enjoyed listening to his story and his travels and all the club he's, clubs he's played at in the past um, and any episode that um, that Winston's on does always give me a good laugh so that had to feature in there as well but again I have to give an honourable mention to the the episodes with uh, Sharky, the Love, Rose, Love Rovers and Love Rovers Hate Racism uh, campaign again very good to hear all about that too. Connor Kearns, Alan Manis, all of those episodes as well need to get in there. Um, I really enjoyed, have to say, every one of them. I don't think there's an episode I come away with uh, thinking like, oh, didn't really enjoy that. I always, always um, loved them all. Again, now my favourite ultras display has to probably be um, from the FAI Cup final in 2019 in November. Um, I was very lucky and very happy to be at that game, actually in the um, behind the goals in the ultras section and uh, was so delighted to just be there and be present and see the game and see the result and be part of that that history and that memory but the the big banner they had and the display of the um the quote of legends are born in rings end um, i think it summed up the day nicely and seeing the march and all that from rings end and the history of the club and knowing all that i just think that has to feature um again because it brings back the great memories of the win against dundalk in the penalties into that goal and me being there as well and uh yeah just definitely i think started the the great love for Rovers really back then for me. Um, Pat Flynn, I want to wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> um, again, because I haven't been following the club that long, I haven't actually seen um, him play um, with Rovers before, but I have heard him plenty of times on the podcast, on Tifties. Um, and uh, yeah, he's always funny and has some great poetry and stuff like that. So um, so possibly my favourite time for him being involved maybe in Rovers could be when he's on the podcast and uh, and given his his poetry snippets and all that kind of stuff um, because I haven't seen him play. But I've heard lots of good things about him and um, great to hear that he's still involved, I know, in the club at the moment as well, in a coaching capacity. Um, definitely, uh, Pat, I think you should come back onto Twitter. Um, I've seen some of your best tweets and uh, I think there's a need for that lighthearted fun and humour back on Twitter at the moment because it's a bit doom and gloom with the whole uh, pandemic and the C word, the COVID and all that kind of stuff. So I think we need for all of the welfare of the mental well-being of the club members and supporters, I think you need to come back onto Twitter because um, we need some lightheartedness. So I think if there's ever a time, it's now. Um, so yeah, and then as I say, hadn't really seen him play, so that's uh, I can't really comment on that. But um, seen some snippets, and um, definitely uh, think you are well and truly a valued member of the Rovers community. But that is all from me. I think. Thanks, guys. Hi, this is Jason Maloney. Um, I voted Player of the Year um, last season for Ronald Finn. Um, I just thought Ronald just ha- had a brilliant season when he came back from, and he's out with a slight injury. And it kind of coincided with the team's return to form. Gave us a few stuttering performances last year, but when we kicked on, won a few games in a row around the European campaign. Um, that was literally the period where we where we decided we were going to win the league, and it and it meant that we were going to win the league for you know the second time in a row. And Ronan was like every week he was like eight, nine, out of ten during that period. So for that reason, um, I picked him for the Player of the Year. Player I'd like to see sign the next season would be um, Colin Whelan from UCD. Rumour has that we might be getting him in June or July when he finishes his studies at UCD. I think he'd be a great addition to the squad. 
um, much as finishing ability, you know, and we were, we're a team that creates loads of chances, so he'd be good signing. Um, pre-season friendlies, yeah, I tend to go to a lot of pre-season friendlies, home and away. Um, you know, you obviously you've been a few months without seeing the team, so they're always good to go to the games, and especially if there's new players in the squad. Um, fondest moment probably um, a couple of years ago when we played Brentford, uh, Brentford B, seeing Jack Bourne watching that night and he just knew with his range of passing, going by players and just football playing, you knew we were getting a player. Um, funniest was probably when we played Nottingham Forest back in uh, the RDS days. Roy Keane had just broke into the Forest team and he just took an awful amount of stick from the Rovers fans and it actually got to him. Um, he lashed out a couple of times, you could see his blood was boiling and he ended up getting substituted. Um, one of the good trips he went to as well was the, um, I think it was 2007, Roy Keane was actually manager of Sunderland and he voted us over, we played their reserves in the friendly, it was actually in the Sunday on the Sunday after a home game, it was in the stadium, a uh, great stadium, but it was practically empty except for the Rovers fans that were there, but that was a good trip. Uh, the podcast last season, best podcast I thought was the one with Pat Scully, just thought it was a fascinating listen. Um, a man we haven't heard too much from or about since he left Rovers, but obviously, you know, he was, you know, a pivotal part of us getting promoted back from the Force Division and obviously a bit of controversy during his reign. It was nice to hear his side of the story. Uh, for much the same reason, the Tony Grant interview was very good. That probably number two. Again, it was nice to hear him talk about, you know, the reason he left, obviously castigated by Rovers fans for obvious reasons when he signed for that club. But, you know, it was nice to hear as well that he... Um, he still had fond memories of his times at Rovers before he left us. And toward probably the interview with um, Graham Gartland and Con Murphy surrounding the League of Ireland TV, that was a good listen. I enjoyed listening to the lads last, last year. enjoyed watching the games on a Saturday morning, watching the games back after after a game the night before. Favourite Alters display? Well, the one, the most recent one at the 20th anniversary one was very good with the flares and obviously we won the lead that night. And for me, on a personal note, it was a very poignant one because the display led into the minutes applause for my dad who had passed away at the start of that week. But what I think Walter's display, the one that sticks out in my mind is the one from 2011, the Champions League qualifier against Copenhagen. It was a brilliant banner, a brilliant display, which simply said, we fear no dance. That was a memorable one. Uh, Pat Flynn, she's happy birthday, Pat, if you're, if you're listening. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how old you are, Pat, but I'm sure you could still do a job for Glenwell Rovers, you know, and I think Tommy Kelly would ask you to play, yeah. And believe it or not, if you come into their squad, you'd actually, include, uh, you'd actually improve this ability record. There's just that bad this year. Um, and definitely get back onto, back onto Twitter, Pat, you know, you're sadly missing Twitter. Twitter can be assessed bit at times, as we all know, but you gave me some of the best laugh out loud moments on Twitter that I ever had. Uh, probably the one where, uh, the one about the London Marathon, where all the Kenyan guys starting out in front. And best Flynn moment. Um, people are obviously going to say when he kicked Gary McGlynn up the arse or when he nailed uh, Ronaldo early on when we played Real Madrid. But for me, it was just the one where he, uh, I think it was his last game. Uh, we, he was playing for Longford and it was actually against Rovers, obviously, uh, down in Longford. And it just the way he brought his, himself and his kids come over to the Rovers' support at the end of the game and just the acclaim he received, you know, usually respected figure at Rovers. And I just thought that was a nice moment. Yeah, so some some newbies on the Tifty's hotline, Prof Donald Dunn, Sarah Whelan, a few stalwarts as well, Fieker and Jason. But um, now, great, great to hear. I loved, I loved the way Fieker said that he 
didn't want to name the cup final because it broke his heart. Yeah, he moved swiftly on there, didn't he? You could hear yeah. his voice. It nearly killed him. I'm nearly sure they told me a great a great story about a German firefighter that ended up being involved. I don't think I'm not sure if they want me to say it or not, but there's a great story about the cup final pyro and a German firefighter. Yeah, we've 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 another ultra on the hotline later on, so they were they were well placed to answer that fourth question. Uh, John Byrne drinking a glass of wine in Wexford. Mm. Absolutely and, uh, brilliant. And like you say, a couple of debutants. Yeah, so, uh, Sarah, Sarah loves Winston. Yeah, she's big, big fan, fan of, of Winston. Winnie. Big fan of Winnie. There you go. Yeah, so some more news, bro. We've uh, Dean McMenemy. He has joined Longford on loan, and Adam Wells has gone on loan to Wexford. So um, some good business done there, I think, getting these guys out on loan, seeing if they can hack it. Well, this is basically the after effects of our B team being refused admission, isn't it? Like we've no choice but to get these guys playing men's football by loaning them out to the likes of Longford and Wexford in the first division. So hopefully it doesn't doesn't good and they come back. Uh, yeah. You know more development that joins the list of with Nudger Nudger out on Drada, so he's getting the more Premier League experience, so he'll be out playing for them center mid. So it's going to be interesting. And he, so he's going to be he's going to be back playing with uh, C Block, who has gone permanently. Um, Killian Kale, prof, signed for Brighton, goalkeeper, just won under 19s league at Rovers, and he's been at the club since he was 11 years old. So the academy is bearing fruit once again. And he has gone to Brighton. Gambazunu was named in Marca's 11 of talent set to explode in 2022. So massive news. And some of the players in this, he's set for, he's going to be a star. Look at the company he's prediction. in in that 11. Yeah. Newcastle will make a bid for him. That's my prediction. 50 million. He surely he's going to get 30 million at least. You can't, like, if you went to buy him now, City would go. He's got nearly double figures and caps. He's playing regular football all the time. One of the best shot stoppers in the world. But can a, 30 million minimum. Can a player who's not made a Premier League appearance command a 30 million euro fee? 100%. 100%. Oh, well, he's proven it. I think that penalty is saved by Ronaldo put him into the stratosphere as well. So definitely, definitely 30 million. Obviously, if you're, here. if you're factoring in his potential, then yeah, absolutely. He's worth every penny. I think you've got to factor in potential though all the time, considering mm. he's already been playing at a level and he's excelled at it at a lot of different levels. So he's excelled in the League of Ireland, League One, League Two, international level against the likes of Portugal, Ronaldo. So I think I think he's been called upon plenty of times and he's proven himself. So that's my take on it. You just want that little feed, uh, don't Sinclair you, for Armstrong. Robert? Yeah, get that in there. 50 million, please. Sinclair Armstrong made the bench for QPR for the first time. The FA Cup tie. Been alone at Torquay. Scored his debut for Torquay as well. Big, huge man-child, this fella. So, um, I'm not sure if there's any any uh, clauses or anything tied into that one. But, yeah, good luck to Sinclair. He was one of Duffer's charges, wasn't he? The only thing I didn't like about this was the article on RTE the picture they used was of Sinclair on the pitch for us against Drogheda when they beat us in the cup. And then I had to relive that pain again. So that was shit. Jesus, remember that? Everybody killing each other in the stands. Well, verbally anyway. 
just rows breaking out everywhere. It was absolutely insane. And you know who played that game as well? Not that guy he's playing well, Hondermark. Yeah, William he played Hondermark, well that day, yeah. yeah. He was we was 17 that day, he was excellent. So we move on some more Pat Flynn memories now. And um this is a couple of short clips with his visit to Johnny Blues Bar in 2017, talking about Aldo, red cards and more. So we're going to read some of the questions that were sent in to us for Pat now. So Anthony Kell says, Pat, how good did it feel to smash into Ronaldo with that perfectly timed challenge on his debut for Madrid? Um, at the time, I, d- I, I didn't even know it was him. Um, till, after, <laughs> till after someone told me. Um, I was, it was brilliant, it was. Before the match, everybody was building it up. Were you starstruck? Um, no. No, no that's I was starstruck when I seen Christy Moore. <laughs> I was more impressed seeing Raul, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. But they built it up that week. I think the one paper did a segment of me versus Ronaldo. They did him and his tan with his top off, me with blood on my head. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen earns 300 a week. I hangs out in the plaza. He hangs out in La Manga. <laughs> in the plaza. I know he drive a Coke van, he drives a Lamborghini, whatever it was. But, um, I, when, he, when, he, when he did come over my side, I said, He's coming my way. Like, and then he bet another player and says, he's fucking, he's still oh, coming my way. It was says, just outside the box, wasn't it? Just outside the box. I says, I'm going to have to tackle him here. And I, <laughs> I, got, I got the ball. People say, I tried it was to, a good tackle. Yeah, it? I tried to, people said they, I tried to do him. Nah, you're not that type it, of guy. It, 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 he wouldn't get back up. I remember in the programme, he made a tongue-in-cheek comment. He said that instead of getting Ronaldo's jersey, you're going to get his blood. On your boots, and a lot of people actually took it seriously at the time. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I said that to Martina. She was doing the program at the time, and obviously, when you say "ha ha ha" at the end of an interview, yeah. they don't hear it. The, the words just come up in the actual <laughs> on the program. So a couple of newspapers grabbed that, and then uh, Michael O'Neill said he had someone. I don't know whether it was from Platinum One, just saying, "Just take it easy on Ronaldo. Like, don't I, really, really gonna try the only like, just play your normal game." <laughs> I think she sent someone <laughs> from Platinum One to Pat Flynn. Say, listen. <laughs> Tell Pat not to kill Ronaldo. <laughs> but, um, that's, that's the way it was taken. It was taken out of context, but uh, I'm, I'm still glad I tackled him. Yeah. I saw you tweeting Ronaldo on the anniversary. Every year I tweet him, and every year the same. He just blanks me, but um, oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there in one year. I'm going, I think I'm bringing my little boys for a trip over to um, Madrid next year, so I'll be waiting outside the stadium. See him, see him kids, I smashed it. <laughs> And uh, what were you thinking when Michael Neal in the dressing room was naming who was marking who for corners? And Darren Maguire has Raul, and you have Ronaldo. We do. We did it every week. We, Michael was so particular. You'd have your player, and that was so it. So he tell you you're marking a particular player. Let's say you're playing pass for, for instance, and they'd say, "Right, well, Christy Fagan's going to go to the front post. Pat, he's yours for every corner, yes, something like that." Stick with him. Really? It's usually big for big. Yeah. And I would have been average size now, but it would have been quite good. In, I'm average size and height. I would have been quite. <laughs> I would have been, been quite good in the air. Um, so he asked me to mark Ronaldo and Dara to mark Gray. Yeah. We actually just looked at each other and started laughing. And Michael had a team talk role. <laughs> and at the end, he actually scrunched it up and threw it in the bin. He goes, "I don't know how to play against these. They're the best team in the world. So no way. Just go out and enjoy it." Yeah, and yeah. I think we probably thought we were going to get a hiding, but we we, we, we Desi Baker up. should have scored. Desi yeah. Baker had a chance Definitely. and should have went one 0 hundred percent. his moment. Yeah, Ronaldo laughing at his boots, and then <laughs> everybody's doing boots. it now. It's a style now. Everybody's yeah. doing it now. Thought threw him off at the time. But. Good old Desi. I'd love to see Desi back at the club in some capacity. 
it definitely would. Did you get on with Dizzy? I got on with him really well. Dizzy was <laughs> what cool. a partnership him and Twig oh, was. Telepathic. It was like better than Crow and Bourne. Like, it was so hard to mark. It must have been for strikers, but um, oh. Dizzy was a great lad. Always in charge of the music, the nineties music. And the yeah, seemed very funny in fairness. <laughs> he seemed like a funny guy. Um, what else we got? This is from Pat Martin. Uh, is it? If it's safe, if it, is it safe to say that life doesn't get much better when you're playing Juventus, booting a ball, playing the ribs in front of the East End, then beating balls three 0 in the space of a week? It was a good week. It was a better week because uh, we played Juventus. Was that first before the balls match? Uh-huh. Played Juventus and Del Piero struck in the free kick, and you're thinking, will I celebrate with him? Will I not celebrate? What <laughs> Michael think? And then you go home, you're playing balls and. Two hours before I left my house, my missus come up and told me she's pregnant. Oh, lovely. And I'm going out to play balls and I'm thinking to myself, what? <laughs> you were told. You were, <laughs> so you were told. Your missus told you you were pregnant before that game. <laughs> That's brilliant. So I was, I was doing the maths in my head and was it games that week? I was away in Israel that week. <laughs> so now it says the next person I see is getting a kick. Uh, just happened to be Gareth McGlynn. I apologise. <laughs> oh, did you, did you ever talk to him afterwards? No, I... I, I did text Tommy Stewart knew him I told yeah. Tommy to tell him we apologise it was nothing against him we just lost the head yeah, yeah. I didn't set out it, it was random a, could a have been different player no if I had been a different player I definitely would have kicked him but <laughs> it was Garrett McGlynn I wouldn't have I wouldn't have did that to him I remember you saying the red mist comes so tell me about the red mist is it a real phenomenon I, I don't know what it is it, I think I was trying to think about it now that I'm finished managers all my life said just be calm if you had an old head in your shoulders all this crap and I, I was thinking to myself what is it and I think it's when there's an injustice done to me I can't control it and I lose the head like that day Gareth McGlynn as it fell over he pushed against me and fell over and won a free kick it wasn't that bit wasn't a free kick so he says I'm fucking kicking so the free around. kick pushed you over the edge I'd say the decision yeah, for the free kick the rest the wrong decision yeah. so he fell in between me and the ball and he says I'm still kicking this ball he just <laughs> happened to be in the way of it <laughs> so I kicked him but uh, I, I think it's the injustices but once it comes there's no stopping it when I was that long for the to- with Tony Cousins he managed it quite well because my manager shout on the pitch at me I t- could lose the head at them as well so yeah. Tony used to have Rice or Pat Sullivan talking to me yeah instead, yeah he was a kryptonite which, which it, it got around me kind of so that's kind of the red mist summed up <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the fuck it is <laughs> and interesting stat is that all five of your red cards for robbers were straight reds so you just you don't do two yellows no only straight reds they're the worst sentiments off yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm out and then and then this little yeah. push or something like uh, for instance Cesc Fabregas on the weekend sarcastic clapping yeah. and then a tackle like, stupid gonna, yellows they're going to get sent off Hurt someone maybe. You know what? I know not my under seventeen stuff. Make it worth it. Like yeah. things what they say, isn't it? Yeah. You're gonna get sent off. Remember, it, it was a Pats and Jason Bourne got sent off for. It was an alleged elbow on Sean O'Connor. Sean, you dive now. Right. And Jason Bourne was walking off, and he said, "It looked like it clicked him." And said, "I might as well actually fucking get him now." He ran back in the pitch to try to get him, and he was right. Yeah. Oh the yeah, yeah. So he's the the yeah. sanctions done him already off the pitch. So what the sentence off? He's, a bit of crack. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, what more needs to be said about winning the title in Bray in 2010? Twig has always said it was his best night of football. How special was it for you? It was. Uh, I've said it. I've said it to everybody. I've said it to me, Mrs. More than my kids being born or being mm-hmm. married. That was the best <laughs> night of my life. 
Um, Sorry, love. <laughs> you, you spend every day with these fellas, and you're there for two or three hours a day, and you're working for something, and it's you're, you're lifting the cup, and it's not the money you might get at the end. It's that thirty minutes feeling at the end in the dressing room. We've given you all. We've given season. your all because, to be honest, we'd a spine of a good team. We'd right through the middle. We were quite decent. Then we'd okay lads, probably like me and a few others who were just hungry for it. So we had to work hard to be the best and at the end whether it was a point or goal difference whatever it was just to say you were the best and have your 30 minutes of, like feeling madness on the, the pitch with the fans and it's brilliant you, you can't buy those uh, feelings it's unbelievable and Mark Lynch has asked has the league trophy ever fully recovered from the loaf Flynn I gave it at the presentation and right where did that come from because I was in the crowd I'm looking up going why is Flynn bleeding <laughs> <laughs> my whole family was out and I think I had a price your family's over there so I'm getting on the podium and who lift was it Twiggy had the thing around his head I think Did that's he? right scarf around his head and I think he was lifting yeah. it who, li- who was the captain was it oh god it wasn't Dan Murray was, was no. injured wasn't he Dan Murray lifted it and anyway didn't he a good question who was the he captain he was injured for that run it wouldn't have been Manus it was it was Murray I think Murray. so I was behind and he lifted it and he fucking split me open with it he did I thought I, was that what it was I thought it was self induced I thought you grabbed it and just went Argh. the people really think I have one I thought that's what it was I was on the podium celebrating <laughs> yeah. the next thing everybody was shouting at me or bleeding or didn't know the rain <laughs> made it worse it wasn't a big scratch epic photograph I remember Justin Mason saying that he genuinely thought you headbutt the trophy and it actually never occurred to him that it was accidental. Not once. I sw- I'm only finding out now that that was accidental. I just thought, oh yeah, he loved it. That's, well, that's, that's saying that, Dan Murray is British and it's something <laughs> that sneaky you guys are there. <laughs> uh, yeah, good old Dan. Good, uh, good save in that Rovers anyway. Best captain I've played under. Really? Ice. Top class like, organisation skills was something we're missing at the moment to be because honest. Because he wasn't the quickest, he was really good in the air and he's good in the ball, but if the ball was down the upside of the field, he he just talked and it'd be at a point where he was annoying you, but all, he knew relevant he was keeping stuff. you on your toes. Yeah, that's daily. all he wanted to do. And he, I think he, he got got a bit of sticker over fans even towards before he left and I don't think they realised how much they missed him till he was gone. Yeah. Um, still missing him. People yeah, still tell you that. Yeah. Definitely true. So that was Flynn, our prof. Yeah, Paggio explaining the, the phenomenon of the red mist that comes over him, which causes him to kick ball players up the arse and, and that sort of stuff. <laughs> red mist. Yeah, I, I, I ended up listening to this whole show. It was about two and a half hours long. It's one of those where I only intended to listen to some of it and then I just kept going because it was so enjoyable. Yeah. Johnny Bills, it was around August 2017 and do you know the way we often did that where we'd have somebody in but we'd also do our own show at the same time so we'd be getting their opinion on the latest news. I couldn't believe how much we had to talk to talk about. It was just there was so much going on yeah. in 2017. At one stage, we were talking about Ryan Connolly, how he has a career-threatening toe injury. Like, there was so much happening. <laughs> He's going to lose one, yeah. Even that week alone that we recorded that show, Twi- Gary Twig had retired. We we had just signed Cameron King, and we were about to play Galway away. He, he re- what are you going to say? Did Twig, retire? Did Twig retire or leave? It was 2017, so... 
Oh, you I retired really, from football. So yeah. retired from Porto, yeah. Was it who did he go to someone after Porto Um, I think he did, yeah. We did I don't think he played much. No. But uh, remember that famous win in Galway? Which one says you? The two one <laughs> with, with uh, Gary Shaw's late winner at the end. Oh, <laughs> you dropped Gary Shaw for that game. I just I was just dying laughing. What a terrible show. It's like you Literally, dropped everyone was running around the car park. Remember? <laughs> Literally everyone was running around the car park going, yeah! <laughs> Tommy Kelly still thinks it's a draw. I even called you out on it. I'm like, how can you drop Shazzy? I'm like, you're after reading out all the stats. Remember all the stats we used to read out? And uh, yeah, was, you know how I like my time capsules, Gary. Like it was a real jump into yeah, yeah, into like where we were at that time. Like Flinner was coaching the 17s, and Bazuna was there in the 17s, and we did word association. So he's calling out all these players that you know we've seen grow up, and we said Gavin Bazuna, and he said potential. Oh, and funny enough, he was bigging up Dean Williams more than more than Gav. Like he was, he was comparing to Robbie Keane and all, but yeah. funny how things work out. But uh, he added Dean would have been his goal scorer, though, you know. He added pre-match friendliness to the list to the list of hatred. That's, that was his uh, choice. Yeah, that was that was we, we need to bring that back, don't we, Mister Hatred? What also amused me was because that was a long show on Johnny Blues, wasn't it? That was we had we had quite a few points, and we were there hours. <laughs> And I, I, I noticed how quiet I was at the start of the show. And I could almost pinpoint the moment I had my third scoop of Bulmers. I'm like, oh, there it is. I'm, I'm louder now. There we go. Prof is, is letting loose. And there was one um, line. Yeah, so some great, me- some great memories, Prof. One line which I enjoyed. Because you asked him about uh, the famous house in, in Fearhouse. All the, all the Rawers players like Twiggy and... Well, not Bocker, he was banned. Uh, Turner, <laughs> Manus, then he, maybe all them. And Flinner said he uh, he was only there once. He said, oh yeah, I delivered them a tray of Coke, a cola. <laughs> 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 oh, that pause was, yeah, so- that was something. <laughs> Uh, Flinner, yeah, top top fella. We'll have to we'll have to see more of him. Hopefully, I wonder why did he say why he left where? What was the reason? He didn't say, but he he uh, he record he records a message for us later on, and he uh, he hints that he may return. He may have been swayed. Hopefully, so for the outcry, the outcry has swayed him. But yes, so we're going to go to our other callers, Prof, for more on the Tifties Hotline. We've Connor Cairns and Paula Cairns, no relation. The Cairns is a uh, the Cairns clans, staunch hoops hoops clans, aren't they? Certainly are. Dotted all over it, all over Tallis Stadium on any Friday night. And we've Paul Feeney, and we have, of course, Jim Conroy. Yellow. Connor Cairns here from Galway United on the Tifties Hotline. Um, just want to wish all the hoops a happy new year and I'm going to answer a few questions for the lads now. Um, my 2021 player of the year for Shamrock Rovers was Ronan Finn. 
I think, you know, he probably didn't have the stats and the glamour that other players might have had, but I think ever since listening to how Bradley spoke about him on the podcast, I think he exemplifies everything good about Shamrock Rovers right now. Um, and I think his consistency in the performances that he put in and the way he, he's led by example and um, just seamlessly slotted into that position of right wing back, which was never his role ever in his career. I think he deserves a lot of credit. Um, especially considering he doesn't get the outside plaudits despite captain the club, the back-to-back league titles, you know, to not even get team of the year, I think is is madness. But Finna takes my player of the year. Um, and following on from that, the wealth and experience and, and, and quality that Rovers have in the dressing room, I think if they're to sign a new player, they need to dip into the younger market. I think I'd like to see them sign someone who they can take on a young age and and gel into the team and and introduce them to the way Shamrock Rovers play. And you know you can see how they can develop young players there, and players will benefit from that coaching. So I go for the obvious hot property of uh, of Collie Whelan, who could learn from you know two great centre forwards in um in Gaffney and Green, and could also compete with a young centre forward like Oidemo uh, Maku. Um, who, who's obviously deployed in that striker role the odd time. So I think to have two young lads like that, two young attacking players and two experienced lads would be great for the club. Um, I haven't been to many pre-season games in the last six or seven years on account of the fact that I'm uh, doing my own pre-season at that time. But if I was to pick my fondest memory, um, it'd probably be 2017 against UCD uh, when Rovers played them in the bowl because I came on as a substitute to make my first senior appearance, uh, albeit a friendly in that game. But that was a that was a nice moment because I'd say only a couple of months before that, I was paying into the games to go watch those players. So that was a nice experience. And the funniest was my former assistant manager, Ian Ryan, uh, playing centre-half down in Kildare uh, in a relatively quiet stadium for a pre-season game. And he kicked the ball out of play, I think. And Pat Scully rose from the bench and dished out the instructions. Reiner, Reiner, fuck off. And uh, yeah, as a young player, I just thought that was, as a young supporter, I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. And uh, I reminded Reiner of that frequently. And he says he still remembers all the ribbons from Scully. So um, my top three podcast interviews in the second half of 2021, uh, well, carrying on from the last part, I would say Pat Scully is number one for me. Um, just a, a man who spoke so openly, um, completely honest, didn't pander to the Rovers fans, it did, didn't kind of, didn't try and play up anything, but just spoke, you know, very heart on sleeve. And I think, you know, you talk about players and, and managers and staff, getting Rovers and understanding the club and he was one who just naturally got it who just knew what it meant to be at Rovers where they should be and uh, how they should be how they should be treating their players and the standards they should be setting so I found that really interesting and it was probably along with the interview with Stephen Bradley the most eye-opening and I think honest and informative interview that, that I've heard on the podcast second goes to Alan Manners just as a young goalkeeper um, who obviously watched him play for a long time. I think listening to how professional he is all the time, he's always thinking about what he's doing, what he's saying, how he's acting, um, how he's training in every part of his life is revolving around being the ultimate professional footballer. And as a young keeper, I think that's just fascinating to listen to and listening to his take on being a goalkeeper. So he takes second spot for me. And also, you know, he's Alan Manis. And third goes to Connor Kearns because I just I think he just spoke very well. Uh, my favourite ever Ultras display is 
the obvious we fear now Danes. It probably just pips the the more recent legends were born in Ring's End. But I think we fear no Danes was at a time and as a supporter I was kind of witnessing my first taste of success at Shamrock Rovers of Rovers winning leagues and playing in Europe and I remember that game and just seeing the European stage and seeing that display and just being in total awe and really for the first time in my life realising just how massive a club Rovers are and how massive they can be when they have that that support and that that you know um passion and that energy around the club when when the good times are flowing um so yeah we fear no danes takes takes the top spot for that um Paflin is in the studio uh happy birthday to pajo first and foremost uh still in his prime time to dust the boots off um and get himself back out there because he's missed uh and also time to get himself back on twitter because the world's way too fucking serious at the minute we need someone to wind people up I know people think you'll but you'll get back on there and wind Bose fans up, but nobody's safe. Everybody gets it if Padre's on Twitter, so I think we need that. Uh, it's way too boring when he's not on it, so Padre, get yourself back on Twitter. Everyone needs to cheer the fuck up, and you, you can help with that. Um, my favourite Flinner moment at Rovers is the same moment that every single person thought of when they, when they heard that question. Pat Flynn, Wellian, Garth, Garth McGlynn up the arse in Tallis Stadium getting sent off, and Robert's still going on to win the game 3 now. So what more could you want? Living the dream of booting a Bowes player up the arse and still winning the game. So, yeah, uh, that's my favourite Pathlane moment. Um, just want to say thanks to the lads for having me on and keep on hooping. Hi, lads. It's Paul Cairns here. Uh, thanks very much for asking me to do this hotline. Uh, the first question you asked me was, uh, who did I vote for for Player of the Year? And I voted for Rory Gaffney. Um, I think he was a bit of an underestimated player this season. I, I, you know, he put in a lot of great performances and scored some important goals. So I hope you see a bit more of him this year. And um, the player I would like to see at Rovers is Colin Whelan from UCD. Um, the pre-season friendlies, well, I've been to quite a few of them up and down the country over the years, but the one that I remember, kind of one that I remember most is, is uh, back in 1990. Myself and Brendan and a very small Ellen were going to Westport on our holidays and we had to drive to Castle Bar on the way. And there was a huge poster across the, the street welcoming Shamrock Rovers who were playing uh, Castle Bar Celtic the following day because Castle Bar Celtic were opening their new clubhouse. So that was a great start to the holidays. Uh, we're back in there on the Saturday to see the hoops. Uh, I think we were the only supporters that were there. Uh, but unfortunately, um, I don't remember the scoreline. The podcasts, um, listen to a few of these, all right. Uh, the, the, I would say the Trevor Malloy po- podcast was great. Um, I enjoyed the Con Murphy and Graham Garton one. But the one I thought was very good was Pat Scully. I thought he was very honest in it. Uh, there was a bit of insight into the time when the, the supporters took over the club. Um, also, Memories of those heady days of travelling around the country in the Discover Ireland League, which I'm sure a lot of sports out there will remember. Uh, so that was a very good one. My favourite uh, ultras display would be the Cup Final 2019. Uh, although, obviously, you spent all the time behind the display, but it'd still be my favourite. And finally, um, I believe I have to wish Pat Flynn happy birthday. So 
very happy birthday, Pat. Um, I there's a campaign I believe to get you back on Twitter. So I don't have Twitter. I'm not on Twitter myself. But if any of your tweets are of the caliber of your retirement statement, I'm sure it you would be very entertaining on Twitter. Um, my favourite memory of Pat is of him stamping his authority on the Rovers versus Bowes match when we came back from playing Juventus. That was a great result. Well done, Pat. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Uh, keep up the good work and keep on hooping. Hello, Paul Feeney here. Sagard Hoop from the famous Block X. Now, to cut to the chase, the player of the year who I voted for this season was Danny Mandrew. The stats speak for themselves. Danny had a smashing season this year and I thought it was a total and utter disgrace he didn't even get into the team of the season. But that's either here nor there. A signing from the league <clears throat> that I would like to see come to Rovers would be Colin Whelan from UCD. He looks a promising prospect at the moment. The best pre-season friendly I've ever experienced uh, with Rovers. Uh, I've gone to a few of them throughout the years, but the one that definitely stands out the most was uh, playing Dalcourt away in Algarve <laughs> back in fucking 2018. My God, what a game for pre-season friendly. I mean, you could do an episode on that friendly alone. It was just insane. About 20 Rovers fans at it. Two sending-offs, uh, pen shootouts two euro points in the ground savage anyways um the best podcast from this season and uh, my third place one would probably be i have to go third second first third place would be uh mcdonough ferris and Owen royce you know two interesting lads know quite a lot about the club second would be alan manis you know alan steeped in love uh success with the club throughout the years and a very interesting man to listen to but of course you know the best podcast for me this year had to be the Love Rovers Hate Racism one uh, with the lads and Pico Lopez speaking I have to say like you know they do a fantastic job and uh, it's a fantastic initiative so to have my support on that one my favourite ultras display now, my God, that's a tough one to choose. Um, there's been so many throughout the years, so many. Like, I mean, I thought, I thought the the cup final, you you couldn't top the cup final, but my God, the the Finn Harps display was just amazing. The twenty year display, so yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna have to go with the twenty year display. There's been some little ultra displays uh, throughout the years but my god um, I'll never forget the South Stand that night uh, we played for in Harps the 20 year display deadly and before I sign off I want to say send a message to Pajo Pajo Flint happy birthday Pajo my favourite Pajo moment there's been <laughs> There's been a few of them, but um, you know what? There's a top two for sure. 
I mean, Paggio 2 for Ronaldo, iconic. But nah, best Paggio moment for me has to be when, uh, <laughs> when he kicked the bow's vermin up the earths. Ah, iconic. Um, but yeah, happy birthday, Paggio. Please, 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 um, if you can do me a favour, come back to Twitter. Twitter is a grim, dark place as it is. And everyone at Rovers wants you back on it. It'll be fantastic. Hope to see you on Twitter in 2022, sometime, whenever. But uh, happy birthday. Enjoy your day, Paggio. Hi, Hoopers. Jim Conroy here. Now, my uh, player of the year for 2021 was Dylan Watts. I, I, th- I think he's a brilliant player and he gets better every year. Always does damage in, in almost every game he plays. When he's not there, we're not the same team. And I think I think the results to reflect this, you know. I hope we can get Colin Whelan from UCD at some stage this season, maybe maybe in July. He just looks like a Rovers player. His all-round play is excellent. And there's, and there's um, some other good players at college too that might, that might be worth a look at. The first league game should be very interesting. I'm expecting a, a very good game um, when we meet them in, in February. I think we need more cover too for centre centre defence and probably goalkeeper as well. I'm a little bit concerned about about the goalkeeping position. We we might need a bit more cover for that for Alan Manis uh, in in the coming season. My fondest memory of a pre-season friendly was against Everton at Dalymount in the Tundra and Leighton in in 1971. It was a great game and finished two all. My funniest memory of a friendly was the the friendly against Belgrove I mean, on Prospect Avenue in the mid eighties when when the Belgrove goalkeeper Willie Bourne he he, he kicked the ball out of his hands and uh, Pat Bourne vialed it back over his head. The expression on Willie Bourne's face that day was just priceless, and and I, I just happened to be standing just at the net behind the goal, and I, I'll never forget it. it. Was it was also one of the best goals I've ever seen. I've been mean, had loads of friendlies over the years. The, 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 the friendlies in the north were always very tasty. We used to play a lot of them when we used to play the winter football. Like, remember, we used to go up and play Linfield. We'd, we'd go up and play. We'd play Glen Thorne and teams like that. We used to go up to Glen Avon an awful lot and, and Uri. But, um, yeah, the, 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 and... We used to play Dundalk in Oriel Park, and, and they we used to kick the shit out of each other every year. But I used to really get the t- the teams ready, especially when Dundalk were in the first division and we were in the play- Premier Division. We some we some right ding dongs with in friendlies with Dundalk up in up in Oriel Park. I also remember we even played bowls in a friendly back in back in nineteen seventy, in back in nineteen seventy three in Mount Park. Just before I get off that subject, just another funny memory of a friendly was the one up and up and it wasn't it wasn't pre season it was an end of season friendly we played Linfield up and up in uh, Windsor Park and of course we 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 hadn't we didn't know where the ground was and we we seen we seen this orange march and they were all walking walking along to playing their flutes and all that and banging their drums and a lot of them were wearing Linfield scarves so we decided to, to we 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 decided to, to join the procession and that's it. 
and, and they led us right to the right to the gate at Windsor Park. You know that that was that was quite a funny instant from uh, 1980 84. That that was our first, as I say, our first ever visit to to Windsor Park. Now, Mick Kearns, uh, yes, oh yes, we're on to the podcast. Yeah, I'll 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 pick four. My fourth was number four was Alan O'Neill's interview. That was my fourth favourite. Big Al, an absolute gentleman and a great player for Rovers, UCD and Dundalk. And then back to Rovers again. Alan is 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 an absolute legend and a great bloke. As I say, a tour of gentleman. My third one was Mick Kieran, Mick Kieran's interview. I really enjoyed that one because Mick, our Tiger Kieran, as we call him, was, was one of my boyhood favourites. And he always played his heart out for Rovers. He, Mick never let us down. He, he, he was a great bit of stuff. So I enjoyed that one. Now, surprisingly, probably, the Tony Grant one was, was very good, very interesting, and it was a very well-conducted do- well interview. I, I kind of liked Granty, and I, I still have a soft, soft spot for him. I, I never had really hard feelings about him. I, I could understand why he left us with the situation the club was in at the time. But the, 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 the interview was very good. He... Um, he, he, he kind of said he regretted it. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a good few years. Let bygones be bygones. My favourite one is it was very easy. The Pat Scully interview was superb. It was really really good. It was it was top class. Um, Scully is an eccentric. There's no doubt about that, and he, he has his own. But he has his own mind. He, he does things his way, and he doesn't really give a shit about anyone else. He just does it, and he he, he done a fantastic job at Rovers. It was probably my favorite. Well, it was my favorite season that year. When he, it was a great achievement when, when he got us when he got us uh, promote. We won the division that year. We won we won division one. We we all school you an awful lot. I, I, I have to admit, I couldn't believe it when he got the job. I, I thought the club had lost it totally, but I was never so so wrong. Um, like we 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 all Pat Scully just so much. Now, the my favourite ultras display was we fear no Danes. As a proud Northside Hooper, and hugely familiar with Club Turf and all that. I thought it was brilliant. It was actually a work of art that uh, that banner. It, it was it was really superb. Sadly, the result against Copenhagen couldn't match Brian Baru's stunning success of ten fourteen. But we'll always remember that game for 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 that wonderful banner. It was so good. Also, the, the tributes to to deceased fans have been very good from the ultras as well, and uh, they're always very well done. And 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 long long may that continue. In fact, <laughs> they might do a banner for myself someday. <laughs> I'm only joking, of course. Now, number five, the fifth question is the one. Pat, Pat Flynn. Ah, Pat was Pat, wasn't he? I thought all of Pat Flynn. He was very like Peter Reckles. He wasn't the most gifted of players, but he'd, he'd done the best with what he had. Like, he was not Frank O'Neill, Johnny Fulham, or Jack Bourne. But he knew how to defend. He knew how to defend. He 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 knew the game, and he loved Rovers. Flynn was always brilliant when when you were hanging on with with a minute or two to go and stuff like that. You'd always depend on on Flynn to to, to do his stuff. He'd never let you down. 
My favourite moment with Pat was, of course, well, I'm sure I'm like a lot of people, the day he kicked the balls player, whose name I forget, actually, the day he kicked the balls player up the arse, and he, he got away with that one a bit because uh, we won 3 0. Uh, if we had a lost 3 0 now with the 10 men, I don't think I'd be. I think we. I don't know what we would have done with Pat. He, 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 we probably would have strung him up or something. But, but now we won 3 0, and, and, and it's part of Hoop's legend that game. His, also, on, on uh, Pat Flynn, his farewell statement when he, when he retired was brilliant. I'm not into Twitter and all that, but. But if I, if I was, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear more from Pat Flynn. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, Pat. And maybe, maybe you'll do a Pat Flynn birthday message. Maybe maybe, maybe that would be a good, a good idea. Finally, I'd just like to say, just, just the last thing to say is, I wish all, all my fellow Hoopers a happy and safe new year. And remember, keep on hooping. So that was Connor Paula. Paul and Jim Conroy. Jim Conroy, the ever quotable Jim Conroy. Full of um would have loved to have seen that Pat Bourne goal he spoke about the volley. Just volleying a straight back over. That sounds deadly. That's exactly what I was looking for when I when I when I asked Jim. Those sort of memories that no one else will come up with. Although I was surprised that both, both Jim and Jason uh didn't mention the Isle of Man in their preseason friendlies. I assumed the one that would, would bring it up. Mm, probably a reason for that one, bro. <laughs> what happens in the Isle of Man stays there. Connor Cairns speaking wonderfully again. Absolutely wonderful tones yeah. coming from the man's mouth. Spoken. Great perspective from a player, isn't it? A player slash fan. Great to hear. Yeah, it's cool because we're asking about pre-season and he's talking about playing in pre-season. Um, yeah. So obviously he missed most of Robert's pre-season, but uh, he, that was funny about Scully. Uh, destroying <laughs> Ian Ryan during the game. <laughs> so he's calling them, Ryan, Ryan, fuck off. <laughs> he's getting, he gets his attention during the middle of a game just to tell him to fuck <laughs> off. Absolutely brilliant. But it was great yeah. to hear him. So I didn't know he made his debut against Rovers. That was cool. Connor, fair play, don't be show a lot of restraint. He, he didn't choose himself for who Rovers should sign. And did you notice? I swear to God, this wasn't deliberate, right? Three people chose Rory Gaffney as player of the year out of the eight. And when, when they were coming in, I thought, oh my God, this is going to be four. Because Jim Conroy had told me that Gaffney was his as well. But he obviously had a change of heart and went for mm. Watts. I thought yeah, everyone was going to. I thought everyone was going to accuse me of a fix here, choosing like Gaffney lovers. But I, I, I did not know yeah, that they yeah. were going to pick pick Gaffney. I was pleasantly surprised by that. But nice nice mix of answers, wasn't there? There was Finn, Gaffney, Mandroyu, Watts. Uh, did someone say Manus was a bigger? No, someone. There was no, another choice. I don't think I, heard, I didn't hear Manus. don't think I heard Manus. Pico. Pico Lopez from Paflin. Pico, yeah, he picks Pico. And... Yeah, and just wanted to mention them as well. Um, last summer, we were watching one of the European games and uh, a certain individual who I... I won't, I won't name and shame him because he, he was slightly inebriated at the time, so we'll forgive him. But he was talking <laughs> to me about the podcast and he, he said something to me along the lines of, like, 
as if like to try and make it better. And he was like, ah, oh, it's the same people. And I said, hold on a minute. Have you heard the Tifty's hotline? Because Jim Conroy and Jason Maloney there, right? We started this feature in December 2020. And we've been doing it once a month. That is the first time that somebody appeared on the Tifty's hotline for a second time. So that's 10 people a month. Sometimes it wasn't 10, it was 8 or 9. 12, 13 months. That is over 100 different people. Like that is, that is a great variety of Hills fans. Don't come at the prof. Don't come at the prof. There you go. Come at the king, you best not miss. Yeah, so we had six um, debutants there. And uh, yeah, there was there was a bit, we put out on Instagram, didn't we? Uh, if you want to come on the hotline. Those of you who did express an interest, don't worry, I've made note of your names and I uh, will keep you in mind for, for future editions. And uh, one last note on Jim Conroy. Remember the question we put out? Has any player won a league with Robbers and a league with another in another country like England, Scotland, wherever else? And uh, Jim came up with an answer. Pat Dunn. Go on. Former Manchester United goalkeeper. Won the league with Robbers in 64. And then he won it in England in 65. Excellent stuff. And he had his belt to be more there, Prof. I'm sure there is, yeah. Bound to be more. Um, yeah, so that is it. Thanks to all the Tiffy's hotline guys. So the players have returned to preseason training, prof. The cobwebs are getting dusted off. The turkey's getting uh sheared off them. Um I I'd say it's grueling stuff. And I'm wondering how Pico's gonna fare now as well. So Pico will be back. It all depends on how Cave Fred do. So obviously he's fit and he's he's well able and he's getting his pre-match practice in and He's doing a bit of training over there, so I'd, I'd imagine that they're keeping him fit. But uh, now be interesting now. See how we get on. Hoping um, we're going to be playing two games, I'd say, every weekend, four games every weekend, even. Yeah, it's usually the two on the Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Luke yeah. will be there, I'd say, I'd imagine soon. They always get one, don't they? Yeah, so Jack Bourne was pictured in training as well, Prof. What a fucking sight that was. Beautiful stuff. Um, stroking balls around the road, so <laughs> he's been quite uh vocal in the media, isn't he? Like, he was on Premier Sports, uh, as, as a pundit for the Man United game, tore into Harry Maguire, which made a lot of people happy. He was, he was also asked about getting possibly getting back into the Ireland team, and he said he has to get back into the Robbers team first, which was a great answer. Ah, what a what an answer! He was also uh. I didn't. I didn't read it in the paper. Uh, I just saw someone put a picture of it in Robert's chat. He was having a go at Djokovic over refusing to get vaccinated. No way. Yeah, I got a very smug vibe off that family. The way they just kind of sat up there and they were just. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just got smugness off them. Do you know what one of my pet peeves is? Now there's obviously oh, there's obviously exceptions. Oh, no, prof, like, prof's pet peeves. We obviously know some nice parents of players. For example, Gavin Bazuna's dad Green, nicest man in the world. Yeah. That sort of thing. And then when you see them hugging after an Ireland game, like and you know them, and you know 
the relationship there and the robber's history. Like you'd love to see that. But parents of sports stars being quoted in the media is one of my pet peeves. I just I read like they talk about their son, what he might may or may not do, or what he's thinking. And I just read it, I'm like, I don't care what you think. You are the parent of this person. I want to hear from them. Yeah, fuck like off. Their, their importance. Yeah, their importance was it, no. There was no importance. I think the mother summed them up as well. The mother turned around and says, "Oh, he's staying in a hotel with thirty immigrants, and he's not being fed right." I was like, "Okay, I know what type of person you are." <laughs> That's it. I'm done with them now. Fucking ultra orthodox Serbs for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, so our first preseason friendly prof officially is against Fairview Rangers and Limerick on Saturday. So the the Wack Express is fucking full steam ahead. It's nearly full at this stage, I'd imagine. And um, yeah, so pe- a lot of people looking forward to it. I won't get down to it now myself, prof. Um, I'm not even gonna tell you what I'm not even gonna say why I won't get down to it. Fed up at this stage. <laughs> Well, I alluded to why I'm not going earlier. Uh, I just don't like freezing uh, robbers games in January. That's just non-competitive robbers game in January because I'm sure I'll be freezing plenty in February and March in Tada. But uh, yeah, if you're maybe there the going... Opening, maybe the opening of a new bar and floodlights might have something to do with it. Yeah, apparently they're... Uh, a little bit. They're looking forward to welcoming us down. You know the whack. You know how he arranges things. Like they're they're getting into the bar and all. Uh, Sounds like it'll be a good crack. I'd say he knows most of that. Whoever the barman is, I say he knows his family history at this stage, <laughs> and he knows what 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 he had for breakfast and the whole lot. The whack has everyone sort. But if you are going down and it is a cold one, make sure you get is our beanie hats in the club <laughs> shop. Bring them with you to to, to Limerick. Yeah, so we also have confirmed a friendly with Longford Rosedown. That's Saturday the 20, uh, 22nd and then probably Bray in the same day. So Longford 12 o'clock and then Bray maybe like three or four or something. And that's the usual that's routine, isn't it? Two on the one day. That's it, yeah. I didn't, wasn't it, the groove, was it Groozy who got, who got to every one of them? Or was there someone who was getting to every every game? I can't remember. He didn't go to Previously. Spain that time, so he's a part-timer. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mick Fay, a Shelbourne fan. We're actually talking about Shelbourne fans, but I posted this on Twitter. My daughter is seven, the in-laws are from Tala. We moved to Tala in 2016 and are immersed in the community. Season ticket for her age group at Rovers, only 25 and a five-minute drive away. Her mates go there, and I think it's time to accept that is where my future is. Crying emoji. Crying emoji. Crying emoji. So, yeah, very happy with that. We'll, we'll gladly nip and rob fans off of the clubs, yeah. Glad, gladly do that. that. That's one of my favourite tweets in a while, actually. Think about that. <laughs> You're because, gonna be of, because of, like, because of our impact in the community, because the stadium being right there, her friends are going to robbers games. They're loving it. She's loving it. Now he has to bring her, go with her to robbers games. Or he could just make her miserable and force her to go to Tulka Park. <laughs> You'd love to see it. <laughs> love to see it. 
So moving on now, once again, Bowles are looking after the geese. Um, they've a lot of geese ended up in Daily Mount. Sort of geese and they've bees. Uh, a lot of bred geese just decided to have a little stop off while they were emigrating. But I can only imagine how quickly they shot down to Daily Mount when they heard about this. <laughs> I'd say he jumped on that penny farden and he buried down to Daily Mount Park, screeching around them corners with the little handlebar moustache. Taking the photos of those geese on a on a Polaroid or an old school one where you pull you pull the, the little lever and it goes and the dust goes everywhere in all of those old cameras that they had in the twenties. <laughs> <laughs> you probably had a look at the Crimea tomatoes as well. He's planning. Yeah, that's it. Just to check on them. Um, yeah, so that's it, Prof. Pretty much the Cape Verde versus Burkino Faso game is on Thursday. And that is today as you're listening to this. So the Cameroon game will be following Monday. Pico is famous now. He's interviewed in Sky Sports News the other day. Cameroon aren't the force that they used to be. I was a little bit disappointed looking at their squad. No, Patrick and Bomber. Um, who else, Prof? Who else was a big Cameroon name back in the day? They had a couple of good players. Um, but there's no one really of no. I think Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast are very good. They're going to be uh, Nigeria. They're going to be some teams to, to fight with. But... If you look at the odds, Cameroon are obviously favourites to win the group. But if you look at their odds to win the tournaments, they're way down seven or eight. I think Senegal are, are yeah. they favourites? They'd be up there as well. Yeah, Even the players, players so they hard. have, yeah, obviously Mo Salah for Egypt, they'd be fancied. But Pico on Sky Sports News spoke brilliantly as usual. He represents the club so well, and his stock just continues to rise. <laughs> just, just like every day he's just like featured on some bigger news organization. That's what I'm saying, man. Think about it. He's he's featured on these news news situations. And if if you've noticed Twitter or TikTok lately, is that a lot of these clubs they just leave Sky Sports on in the clubhouses and while they're training, while they're doing the few little bits. A lot of managers are gonna look at that and say, There's an international footballer. He plays how many miles away across the water in Dublin? Ten caps for Cape Verde. Playing very well. Let's have a look at him. Would you chop, stop trying to sell Pigo Lopez? We're, we're trying to hold <laughs> on to him. I'm telling you what's possibly going to happen. You've already lost really... Joey, right? Stop giving Pigo ideas. He's here to stay. If we've lost two lads from Dublin 12, I know two talented individuals from Dublin 12 as well that could probably step into the fold there, Pop. I don't think Ryan Legree is quite ready yet. But, uh, <laughs> I asked... Uh, I asked Padjo, has he been watching Pigo? And he is. And that reminded me of something as well from the show I said I listened to from a few years ago with Padjo on it. He said, he said that one night he drunk dialed Michael O'Neill trying to play for Northern Ireland. So he, he could have got a Euros on his CV. So he rang Michael O'Neill saying, I was born on the island. <laughs> yeah, yeah, technically, but, uh, yeah. And Mick never answered him. No, I don't think so. I think Mick might have aired that one now. I think he might have got the blue ticks there. Yeah, so Prof, that is it for this week. We've uh, best of luck, Pico, of course. And uh, really, really looking forward to watching him again. Happy birthday, Pajo. And we're going to the main man himself, Pajo Flynn, have the last word. Lads, thanks very much for um, all the birthday wishes, especially to the fans um, for doing that. It was, it was a nice surprise. I wasn't expecting it. 
and it was kind of like a preview to my own funeral but um not as sad but now thanks very much um I, I think it was probably maybe done to get me back on twitter but um we'll, we'll see what happens with that um just for myself and um, my favorite show of the year was the pat scully one and probably because of what pat done he he left the club in a lot better place than when he found it and that's that's what we're all trying to do um, he took them out of the first division, probably gave the fans the best season of their life. Um, the players Michael O'Neill inherited, myself, Pori Gammond, Stephen Rice, Ty Porcel, we already had that work ethic in us and that, that was from uh, what Pat Scully did with us. So Michael had a kind of easy job in just recruit, recruiting players because we drove training on ourselves and that was down to Pat Scully. But more than that, the show was a great show and it's just great to listen to. I have a lot of respect for Pat. He's the one who brought me to the club and we can't thank him enough for that. Um, my favourite Ultras display um, would have been the Legends are Born in Ring's End one. Um, I just thought it was really good being in Ring's End before the game. was great with all my friends and then walking down, uh, being with my kids in the stadium and seeing that unfold. It was, it was great to see and a great day out. My favourite Pat Flynn moment um, there was a few. I, I did enjoy kicking our man up the arse. Uh, Real Madrid was nice, but it was a friendly. Juventus was probably a bit better. Winning the league was brilliant, but um, the first time I played uh, for Rovers against Drogheda, they were the champions from the year before, and we beat them 1-0. Uh, it was a great moment, and uh, you just can't put into words what it feels like to pull on the Rovers jersey for the first time. And you really do feel part of something special when you walk out and hear the fans. But it was, it was great to get a win. And it's great for me to say I was a Shamrock Rovers player. Um, other than that, just a small bit on the club. Um, I'm delighted to be still involved in it, um, in the academy. And there's some great things going on in the academy, first team, etc. And obviously, Gavin Bazuna was the beacon. That's That's where we want every player to be coming through the academy playing first team and going on and playing for Ireland but uh, we're right to shout about Gavin but there's a lot more young lads who we've in my opinion we've made better people and better footballers and it's great to see some lads dotted all over the league playing for um, I would come through the academy even if they're not playing for Rovers the likes of uh, Thomas Alua, um James Clark at Drottery Jordan Talon's gone now as well. Another great kid. Like so, we we've a lot of those, and I think what the club do well, people probably don't see it. They they keep in touch with players who've gone as well, not just the successful ones. So, it's a credit to the lads in the academy, Shane Robinson, Ado, and Grazer, and uh, the first team as well, Stephen Bradley and Glenn. So uh, the club's grown in the right place, and just for me, what the club gives you. Listen, I've met some great people along the way, and like Jonathan Roach, Robert Goggins. Jay McLean, I could go on and name loads of them. Um, but these, that's what the club does, and I'm proud to be part of the club. And going down to the matches every second Friday night with my kids, it's brilliant because there's all sorts of people there. There's bin men, bankers, sales reps, CEOs, seventy year old men, eighty year old men, ten year old girls, and for those ninety minutes, we're all the same. We've all one interest, and we're all overs. So it was really good to be part of, and that's what the club is. Um, just the just the last piece before I go. Um, my player of the year it would have been Pico uh, Lopez. I've heard some pundits saying how good the Sligo centre backs were and other centre backs, and they seem to bypass 
how good Lopez is, but um, he to watch him progress the last few years under Stephen Bradley's been brilliant, and how he's come on, and he looks like he wants to learn. But more than that, any time I've met him and dealt with him, he's been a nice person, and like that's just the measure of the man. Um, so I'm delighted to see him going over and representing his country, and it's it's a great story. A boy from Crumlin going to play for his country in uh, the African nations and I hope he does well so good luck over there Roberto and <coughs> do us all proud but just thanks again to the lads and thanks to everybody for the birthday wishes um, I'll, I'll keep in touch about Twitter stay tuned thanks very much keep on hooping I get no kick from champagne Mere alcohol doesn't thrill me at all So tell me why should it be true That I get a kick out of you Some they may go for cocaine I'm sure that if I took even one sniff it would bore me to riff thickly too Yet I get a kick out of you I get a kick every time I see you standing there before me I get a kick, though it's clear to see You obviously do not adore me I get no kick in a plane Flying too high with some gal in the skies My idea, nothing to do I get a kick You give me a boot I get a kick Out of you 